man. Talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. Long pass up. Picked up here by Torres. He'll come in. Torres. Block. Second chance. He scores! Up a hockey podcast. Hey man, going? I'm I'm going. How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad. Sick. Uh, I am Brutes Bataglia. Where are now you from? now of Puck77.com. It's not a real website. Yep, it? it is. It's a fake website. I I am now a contributor for Puck77. So nice. Yep. Um, you? I'm I'm still just with Laced Up. Okay, but I am James Cole. Nice. Well, good to have you. Yeah. Thanks. How you doing, man? Thanks. Um, Big weekend good. in Minneapolis yeah. or what? Yeah, it was a good time. It's uh, still a shithole, just the way I remember it, or what? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've never minded the city. I don't know you don't particularly care nope. for it. Nope. Um, don't care for it. I do have I have one entertaining story that's just a, a quick little snapshot into how the weekend went. Ah, fuck, here we go. So, I, I went down with another couple, um, and uh, we had you know, separate rooms and everything. But so, so Madison and I, we get back from, from the bar and we get a pizza. This is after the game. And, uh, we eat our pizza and go to bed and we have a little bit left over next morning. I, I, you know, we wake up, we're getting ready to come back home. And I, I say to the other couple, I, I go in there knocking the door and I said, Hey, do you guys want some pizza here? I got some leftover from last night just before we hit the road. And, uh, they look at me and they say, no, thanks. We're good. We've got our own pizza. But, like, in a way that suggested there's more to the story. So, I said, what's the deal with that? What's the deal? <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, when this other couple got back to their hotel room uh, shortly after we did, uh, they too uh, desired some pizza uh, and made an order around 1 a.m. And was told it would be about half an hour to 45 minutes. And the pizza guy got there and had the audacity to knock on the door at four in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Three hours. When asked why it took so long to deliver said pizza, the guy said, well, we were backed up from the hockey game, which ended at 930. I fucking hate that city. Yeah. I hate that city. No, I, I, I go watch, uh, you know me, James, I go watch games in uh, in Winnipeg, and it's pretty much the only place I go. 
uh, to watch games. And uh, it's funny, this is my segue back into my Puck 77 job. I am the Winnipeg Jets correspondent, contributor sort of thing. So that's nice. because ah, uh, Yeah, the good news is I don't have to go to Minneapolis for that because I really have no desire yeah. to go to that city. You're making it's... rivals there, you know. You gotta... Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. If yeah. they want to send me there for a seven-game series, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. So That's fair. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you this much. I had the most stressful day anyone could ever have at a mall because I had no Wi-Fi. Well, I had Wi-Fi, but you had to go into different stores to get Wi-Fi because the mall doesn't have like general Wi-Fi. You have to like each store. Has yeah, I get it. Wi-Fi. It's a big mall. So I, that'd be to, one big fucking router, man. I had to pop in and keep like submitting my email to all these things just so I could stay up to date on whether or not uh, a certain someone was going to sign a contract mm. by a deadline mm-hmm. on that day. Yeah. And I, instead, I got, or, I got oh. stuck in traffic and never oh, knew okay. until I got back to the hotel huh. like an hour after it happened. So. We're talking, of course, of uh, newly signed Washington Nationals pitcher Patrick Corbin, six-year, hundred and forty million. That's not no? a real number. Is that not what we're talking about? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um. For, so before we get into hockey, <laughs> uh, I retweeted something on the Laced Up account. Um, when was this? Yes, today, yesterday. Uh, we now are the world is now ruled by owls. And uh, we have our new owl overlords. Uh, for those of you who didn't see the video, it is a owl riding a Segway scooter and controlling it quite masterfully, like he had done it before. And for me, this was one of my favorite viral videos I've ever seen. I'm not going to say I laughed the hardest at it, but it's fantastic. Uh, you know what? The technology is evolving and the world around us is learning. Yeah, we got... Owls driving segways, and we got cars driving themselves, eh, James? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. (laughs) Ah, man. For the, (laughs) I gotta, I gotta tell the story. For those of you who have never heard the story, uh, James and I and and another friend, uh, John. We're in. Uh, we were in Winnipeg one time, and we were at an outlet mall, and uh, we were sitting waiting for. We were with two girls, and they were kind of shopping, and we were just waiting for. Uh, we were just waiting for them, and John, like, we're just sitting there in these three couches in the middle of the mall, and John just looks up and he's like, "A self-driving car hit a woman in Arizona today," and James just howls laughing. He's crying right now, real tears. <laughs> Like, this is just the trigger. It's like the Manchurian Candidate, and he just rose up. You know how you guys have seen the Manchurian Candidate? That's what James is like when he hears self-driving car. It's just like the trigger word. It's like, boom. Game over. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) So, yes. Owls driving segways. Owls driving segways. That was, yeah, that was great. (laughs) I loved it. It was it fucking weird. That was a weird uh, video, but I had a good laugh at that. Yeah, yeah, as good of a laugh as the nope, self-driving car nope. is not quite a. Sure. Do you do you think there's anything in the world that makes you laugh harder than that? <laughs> Probably not, eh? <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. There he goes again. Uh, the NHL is going to be raising the salary cap up to eighty-three million dollars. They're hoping uh, it would be up three point five million dollars from now. James is good. 
I hope it so. looks like yeah, he's good here. I think I'm good to go. Um, so that's a good. It's an encouraging sign for the NHL. Obviously, at this point, uh, it's an encouraging sign if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. 100. We're going to get to that in a moment. Um, I mean, th- this kind of equates to like a free a free player, kind of, but like a free depth player that you're you're oversigning. Because yeah. no one who makes three and a half million dollars is ever good, right? No, it's so. not not a, not really no. anyway. No, it's there's there's no fine line. You either make two point five or you make six, and everyone in the middle is usually garbage. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mean that sincerely, but you know what I mean. It's it's kind of in that wheelhouse yeah. of player. Once in a while, you get so, a steal of a of a contract years later, right? But, yeah. So right what or. this what this should help teams do is to keep their core in place and and kind of help them allocate this money to, you know, like, help just, just kind of round off the top of their high-end contracts, hopefully. And so this it's good news for the Leafs. It's good news for the Lightning. It's good news for the Capitals and for the Predators. Um, this could be interesting news for teams such as the Islanders and the Ducks and the Coyotes that don't necessarily spend all the way up to the, to the salary cap. Um... So whether or not their ownership's going to have to ante up, I mean, you know, I, I, the NHL's revenue continues to go up, so that helps these teams. But this this is the NHL's way of getting rid of Eugene Melnick, isn't it? You just keep raising the the cap minimum, and he'll just like, I'm not spending more. I'm selling the team. That's what this is. Yeah, you know, and I thought too that this was going to be one of the first podcasts we've done so far where we weren't going to mention Eugene Melnick. And then I remembered that we have our guest today, and that <laughs> he, 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 come, might, he comes come up, up. He comes yeah. up briefly. We, you know, we don't talk too much about him, but, um, but yeah. So I mean, this is good news overall for the NHL, just because anytime you're you're adding revenue, you're adding money to it. It's good news. Um, we're going to get to a potentially other. Another thing the NHL announced this week that's going to help bring more money in, so it's a, it's a good thing. But um, I mean, what do you ma- you make of this? Like, it, it's I mean, it's good news, sort of. It still works the same way as inflation. Yeah, I but... I think it's it's higher than most people anticipated. Like, I know yeah, I was of, surprised. A lot of people were thinking like maybe maybe eighty one at, at the most, and we're coming in north of that. Uh, it's an encouraging sign because, as you alluded to, like player contracts keep going up. So you know, eventually there needs to be some sort of movement in the uh, amount of dollars that are you know available to the GMs to spend on the players to build a you know contending team. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, you got to look at this and think it's it's not indirectly related to Vegas, not indirectly related to Seattle. Like this, this might be a little bit of a gamble. They might be pushing it up. A little higher now because they know what's coming down the pipeline. Another six hundred fifty million dollars, and yeah, I don't know. Like the the league's the league's growing; it's in a good spot, and I I hope I don't I don't think we'll see jumps like this every season. But it's nice to have one once in a while. It's encouraging. Yeah, it's encouraging. Um, It's especially encouraging as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Why would it be encouraging to a Toronto Maple Leaf fan? The Toronto works? Maple Leafs have come to terms with restricted free agent forward William. I was going to say Michael William. Ne- <laughs> All right, I want six point nine, but um, my my dad's going to get a chunk of that. He's 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 going he's gonna to play in the fourth line. 
Tough sell. Yeah. Tough sell. Yeah. Uh, William Nylander signs a six-year, just over 42. I don't remember the exact number, but it works out to 6.97 against the cap every year. No, come uh, on. Say, it, this say it like it is. It's, it, it's 6.969. It's six nine six nine. It's, it's, it's a very I nice contract. It's, I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw. I saw six nine nine six. No, Bob McKenzie had that backwards. He later. No, it was the other way around. He put six nine six nine, and then he's like, "Oh wait, I made a mistake," because uh, uh, he wanted it to be six nine six nine. That's why it is oh, six. I read. Anyway. I read it backwards. Regardless, so. uh, the Leafs got their uh, got their star winger back, and the band is back together. And tomorrow night, conceivably, or uh, sorry, last night, by the time you hear this. Uh, the band should be back together. William Nylander confirmed himself that he will be in the lineup Thursday night against the Detroit Red Wings. Anybody, anybody asked Mike? Did, did Mike sign off on that? Or, well, I mean, Mike pretty much said uh, that he was pretty down when he said, "Enough's enough. Let's get this going." Yeah. Now, I mean, we'll talk about the deal in a second. I'm surprised he's coming back that quickly. I know he's been practicing, but he hasn't been practicing with the team. And, like, Anaheim got Richie back in early October, and he they didn't play him for, like, ten days because he hadn't been to camp or anything like that. So, they, like, it, we've seen situations where teams are pretty cautious and ease these guys back in the lineup. Well, a little surprised they're getting him back in that quick, I guess, because it's a home game. Um, I don't expect him to play all that much, but... Uh, it is. It's. It's good that he's back. Anyway, it's good that he's signed. Uh, yeah, I just. Hope I'm just surprised he's back. If he gets hurt, like we'll, you'll never hear the end of that. Yeah, I mean, again, like I assume the Leafs know what they're doing. Like clearly, their sports science uh, department has been doing a really good job, and and you know, yeah, they know a lot of things that it seems like a lot of teams don't. Like they're they're getting a lot of things right these days. Um, so I assume they know what they're doing there. But I I am a little surprised he's going to be back tomorrow night, last night, whatever yeah. time. I'm surprised he's going to be back bitch. last night. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but whatever. What do you think of the deal? Good. It's basically what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Last week. I, I don't think anyone really lost. I know there's been a lot of talk about like, oh, the Leafs caved. Yeah, I don't get how anyone loses this deal. Like, like William Nylander gets what to did play they cave? hockey. Maybe half a mil at most. Uh, at most. Like you have to think they were probably fishing for yeah. somewhere around Pasternak money. I mean, here's the thing, man, like, and, and this is what it boils down to for me is people want the Leafs to fail so bad that they see their team for what it isn't a lot of cases, right? Now, you got a lot of fans that see everything rose-colored glasses, and then you got a lot of haters. No. Yeah. I know. I, you know, I know it's shocking. Uh, and the, But you get a lot of people who, who hate the Leafs that want things to be the other way around. Like, I heard people say $5 million at the most. Like, you got to be out of your fucking mind. And the thing that bothers me the most, like, now I'm fired up. Now, because I just remembered this. There we go. The thing that bothers me the most when people are talking about this William Nylander contract and that they don't like it, because there are people, believe it or not, that don't like this deal, James, is I heard the argument. You ready for this? Hmm. He's only ever got 60 points before. Guess who else has? Austin fucking Matthews. And you never make that argument about him. Everyone says they're not going to be afforded him. He's going to get $14 million a year. If you're if you're going based off what's been done, he's got eight more points than William Nylander in his career or in a, as a career high. Mm. Like, don't give me that fucking argument. Same with Mitch Marner. Uh, Mitch, I thought Mitch got seventy something last 69 year. Sixty nine was the team lead. Last Regardless, year. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're talking about and then anyone can play beside Austin Matthews and all this stuff, like, 
sure, maybe that's true. Why not put him with the best possible players, though, to make his job a little easier, to maximize what it is he can do? I don't, I don't know. I don't understand how people could possibly hate that deal. And to me, this is, you know, well, you, you got I, Brian Burke going on the air calling him the sixth best player on the Leafs. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, fourth best, fifth best, sure. But if your fifth best player is as good as the second best player on almost any other team in the league, then don't say fifth best like it's a fucking bad thing. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't disagree. Like, I, I think he is a step or two behind a few guys, especially now that he's missed, you know, a quarter of the season already, training camp. He's going to be a step behind. I don't know if he's going to have a great season. It's not going to look great, I think, in the big picture in that regard. But it's it's not, happy with it's, 40 points. It's not the Leafs' fault that they have six or seven talented players. You have to pay your talented isn't players. That what, isn't that what you want? Yeah. Like, who, who the fuck in today's NHL wants 20, guy, or 20 guys that are all the same? That doesn't get you anywhere. Like, newsflash, yeah. it's not going to get you anywhere. You need these guys that are next level to try and, and get things done. Because eventually a team's going to figure out one of your lines. You need to have something good on, on a couple of those other lines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The I Leafs have it all there. I don't understand how this is a problem. It's you, not a problem till it is a problem. It's not a problem yet. Yeah. They're underneath the cap. They got everyone they got. They're underneath the cap. Worry about it later. The only, the only thing I can, I can sympathize with people is if they don't like the contract, if, if they think it's too high... Um, it must be based around the belief that they just don't think Nealander's going to turn out. And, look, none of us have a crystal ball. So, yeah, okay, fair game. He may not turn out. No one knows. He could blow his ACL out tomorrow and never, well, be, sure. the, never be the same player, right? No, it's, it's the same so argument with anyone. If, 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 if anything, the I'm argument more... is that you, you don't think he's going to be the player that I think the Leafs think he's going to be, then I'm not going to argue with you. That That's fine. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to get in that kind of debate about what the future will hold. But if your argument is strictly he's getting paid too much because of what he's already done, we'll, we'll know. That's that's indefensible. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. Like, you can make that argument with anyone. And then I think, like, as someone who's watched the Leafs more than the average person that hates the Leafs, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> he's fucking really good. He is really good, and I, you know, Matthews has come a long way, but coming out of last year, I would honestly have said he's the most skilled guy on the roster. Like he has more raw skill than Marner. Marner's just way smarter and works way harder and things like that, right? That's what makes Marner the better player. Yeah, but William Nylander is is very difficult to read because he's so shifty because he can. He can shoot the puck ridiculously well. Like, the guy has an unreal release. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I fail to see the issue with this deal until know. we get there. And, it, so, and if some, someone will be right, someone will be wrong. And I, If I the don't. biggest casualty of this deal is Jake Gardner, coming from what seems like maybe Jake Gardner's biggest fan, because I don't know anyone else who fucking likes this guy other than me and possibly you. Like, if he's the biggest casualty of this, I'm sorry, but that's fine. Like, that's just the way it's got to be. You've got Dermott, you've got Sandine, you've got Lilligren, you've got these guys that you, like, you've drafted. What the hell is the point of keeping your draft picks if they're not going to turn out? Like, the Leafs understand and feel like they've got some really good things there. Ultimately, if you got to let them walk for cheaper players that are younger and get them in and see what they're like, 
It yeah. is what it is, and that's the that's the reality of today's NHL. That's just I'll, the way it is. I'll go this far even uh, to say that I think this might be the most lethal offense I've seen on on paper um, since the O2 Red Wings. And wow, the thing about the O2 Red Wings, funny thing, haha. Um, players wanted to come play there. Yeah, like defensemen saw like what they had and thought, you know, I can't stop that so i'm going to go play for that and there has been some recent discussion about you know jake gardner taking quite a a cut on what he would probably make on the open market to stay with a team that is in all likelihood gonna win a cup soon he doesn't strike me as a greedy guy to be honest with you he does strike me as part of this sort of nucleus that just says i want to be here kind of thing right yeah and everyone likes the long-term deal because you feel safe at home like you're not gonna go anywhere Right, but I could see I could see him coming back and saying, you know what, I'm going to put a little bit of money on, on uh, take a little t- money off the table here, sign maybe for two years. If we don't win our cup, you know what, I'm I'm still kind of in in my eh, just leaving my prime probably. I can probably still get some of that money back if it doesn't work out. We'll look at it then. But next two years, I'll, I'll take a shot with this team because like look what they have on paper. Mm-hmm. Like this something's going to happen soon. Yeah. So. Well, look at look, like even look at Kapanen, right? Like they're asking him, does he want Nylander back? And Nylander, and he could have just like diffused the situation. He didn't need to say, "Yeah, I dream about him coming back at night, and then I wake up, and it's pure fucking disappointment and depression, and my life is a gloomy hell." You know what I mean? He like, he he didn't need to say that. Yeah. He could have just been like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's a good player, and we hope he comes back." Like you know what I mean? If he was worried about someone taking his job like that. He wouldn't have said what he said. Yeah. Like, all these guys just want to win, and that's why they're there. That's why anyone plays the game, right? It's just to, to win. You'd like to, you'd like mean, to believe in Yeah, it. I'm yeah. sure people are in it for the money, Brett Hall. But, like, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Also uh, on those O2 Red Wings. Yeah. <laughs> well, wouldn't have had to take a discount if they didn't have oh. that selfish son. No. Um, I, I guess, and I, I should correct myself, that if the biggest casualty from this deal uh, is Jake Gardner, then it's not the end of the world. As of right now, the biggest casualty from this deal is Josh Levo. The Leafs have traded him to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Michael Carcone. I saw Josh Levo's last game as a Leaf. Yeah. Didn't he score? No, he didn't. No? I oh, he scored the game before that. Yeah. Eh? Um, he scored in his first game last night as a Vancouver Canuck, though, he Josh did. Levo. So, he did. Um, I'm sure I've made it clear on the podcast, but just in case I haven't, I am a massive Josh Levo fan. In fact, my bio on Twitter until uh, today was big Josh Levo fan and then uh, our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish this guy nothing but success, and I think he's going to do really, really well in Vancouver. Um, he just he, he ran out of road in Toronto. That's that's all I can say. He, just, he ran out of road. Babcock saw him a certain way. He's... You know, this is one of the players where I think I disagree with the way Babcock sees him, but that doesn't mean Babcock's wrong and I'm right. Like, they're still winning games. They're doing well. Yeah. He just doesn't fit Babcock's mold. Uh, the fact is the guy can skate pretty well, but he can he can shoot the puck uh, among some of the better shooters in the league. Uh, he's very smart offensively, so I think he's going to go in. He's going to play with Besser and, and Pedersen, it looks like. And, I mean, you could have... Carcone playing on the wing there, and he probably would have done okay. If you have a skilled player playing with those two, a guy who's hungry, uh, wants to prove himself, has been in the league a little bit longer than those other two, um, 
I, I think this is a great fit for Levo, and I, I wish him well because uh, he he was a he was a fantastic soldier during his time in Toronto. Like he basically sat out two seasons as a as a healthy scratch. Um, good for him. I think this is great, and I think it's pure class by Kyle Dubas to move him and and give him that opportunity. Man, you got to say some of the points for me there. Oh, yeah, kudos to Dubas for sure. He came in right away and told him like he's not going to let him sit in the press. He could have sent Freddie Goche down in the minors or Justin Hole down. Waved him. He could have traded. He could have traded Freddie Goche. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that he saw that Levo. You know, you trade one guy. Well, Levo's still falling in the lineup. Yeah. He's still falling out of favor, regardless of who they get rid of. Like and that I was think- my reaction at first. Like I'm like, why don't you trade Ennis? Like I'm 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 getting a little annoyed with Ennis. Um, really. So yeah. I feel he, he's played himself into... He's playing better now. Yeah. The first month of the year, I would have thrown him on waivers. And again, kudos to Kyle Dubas yeah. because he's he's now looking better. Um, but that first month of the year, I, I, he drove me nuts. Yeah, but, no, I, um, I've really liked what I've seen out of Ennis last last few years. And you need those type of contracts. Last few years. Oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> last few games. Last few games. I certainly didn't like what I saw last year. I don't know no. about you there, Jimbo. I've seen him score twice now, you know. Uh, there you go, buddy. That's <laughs> but, good uh, stuff. No, I, I I don't know. Like, I I don't like... I, I know you're a Josh Lebo fan. I hate this this sentiment on, on Twitter that I've been seeing a lot of lately where it's it's this, this like, disaster that the Leafs had to trade Lebo to make it. Like, sorry. Uh, uh, well, it was a one-for-one, one and you're getting William Nylander back. I think we can all just kind of relax. Like, yeah. You, you you weren't realistically going to hang on to your entire bottom six as it was. Yeah. So it's time to face reality here. You're going to lose some pieces that you like. and Listen, and, and you know, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, too. Like, you had Levo for a while. You had your chance with Levo. You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of, this is kind of, like, li- listen, the, the relationship wasn't this bad. But this is sort of the equivalent of, like, you treat a girl bad for a few years, and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean, she has an opportunity to leave, and you're like, no, you should stay. <laughs> no, like, you had your opportunity to do things the right way with Levo, and for years you sat, at the time, like, let's not fucking kid ourselves here, one of your higher-end prospects in the press box, night in and ah. night out. Uh, they had a lot of hopes for him. He played really well with the Marlies. Like, they, they thought he was going to be good. There was a time prior to Nylander and Marner where and Matthews, where the, where this guy was, you know, someone you had a lot of faith in. And uh, you had an opportunity to try to develop him and do some things with him, and you sat him in the press box, and that was your choice. But now they've they've made good by it, and they're giving him an opportunity somewhere else. And, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to see that he's still a pretty good hockey player and that, like, he hasn't almost diminished uh, a little bit from where he was because I don't think he's gotten any better over the last few years. He's kind of is what he used to be. Um but eh. I don't know. I agree with you though. Like I don't, I don't get this sentiment that like it's a disaster. Like, you, you fucked it up years ago. <laughs> not well, Kyle or not, you know what I mean. Even, like like even this that. was messed like, up years ago. You, you got to move him now. Yeah, it is what know. it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone fucked anything up. I think this is just well. I I the reality of the situation. I do, but um, you got William Mueller back. You lost Josh Lebo. I think I think Leaf fans should be pretty yeah. happy about that. No, and, and I'm so. fine with it too. Like again, like. As a guy that is a is a Levo guy, I just I never understood why he was in the press box to begin with. Hmm. But that's a difference of opinion. And again, Mike Babcock makes well above my pay grade to make those decisions, and I'm going to. They're assume not paying you too good there at. Uh, 
Not yet. 77? No, well, it's no. been it's been about 12 hours, so... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but anyway, so the Leafs make a move there. Um, Seattle. Who? Seattle, I just... Metal. <laughs> uh, Seattle is I did, going I did, to... I did make the Sealer joke uh, live yeah, at the game. That's no good. One, no one got it. No. So. I, I, yeah. miss, I miss you guys. Well, welcome back, man. Welcome back to yeah, reality. Um, the Seattle uh, something aquatics are uh, aquatics. Ah, I figure they name it something marine-like. You know, they're right in there. Yeah, the, but not the aquatics. No, something aquatic. Could you imagine? Yeah. I'm going to the aquatics game tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, so okay. So first off, first off, what do you think of of this? Like, is Seattle a good fit? I think, I think Seattle is was one of the two better locations that I, I would have put a team. Um, okay. It makes it makes sense because of... The other being... I I would really love to see a team in Milwaukee. Okay, well... Uh, you and Milwaukee can can yeah, start a campaign there. Cause league league got close once, the and they, for some reason they never went back. Yeah, and I, don't, well, I don't know why. We almost had a team in Kansas City one time, too. We, we, um, well, we did. Well, another one. Oh. Yeah, because it went so well the first time. Another one. We should put another one in Atlanta, another too. Another one. Another one. Um, yeah, I know. Like, Seattle makes sense. Uh, it's right there. It's got, a, it's got a good natural rivalry with Vancouver right away. Uh, you know, the weed is It's a legal, good sports city. You know? It's a really good uh, sports city. Is it like I, I don't I don't I don't know I'm not yeah. arguing with you I just I I know that they lost their basketball team I don't know the circumstances there yeah that that was arena related okay that was, I know that was that um, was the equivalent of the Nord- Nordiques were arena right no no okay I mean I always mix it up it was similar to the Jets it was just it kind of financially didn't make sense and they had to move okay. Uh, I yeah, between that and I, I know Similar. they've they've lost their I, baseball not, team a few times. Like they've almost come close losing the Mariners a few times. Yeah, I mean, so. again, I kind of look at the Mariners as a result of just being one of the most mismanaged teams okay, in the MLB. That's, and again, that's we won't fair. get into yeah. that. But the Seahawks are. A lot of people feel that the Seahawks have the best fan base in the league. Hmm. Um, as a Patriots fan, I would disagree, and I would say there maybe is a couple more. But Seattle is regardless. Uh, like they have fantastic fans, the the atmosphere at their games, I'm told, is second to none. So I, I like it. I think Seattle's a pretty passionate city, and I, you know, it, it is personally on places I've never been to. It sounds like one of the cooler cities in North America. So it is good for the league to jump on those uh, larger markets that isn't occupied already by a basketball team. Too, I yeah. feel well, that's another thing because now you don't have a competition with a winter sport in the city. Realistically, like football's done by February the latest. You know, if if if, if you go all the way. So you got a good few months there. Of... I was going to make fun of the Seahawks for being done soon, but oh, they're well, actually on a hot streak. So yeah, I think they've won like five in a row. They're looking really good. Sure. So nice. Yeah, good. which is like the that's like the NHL equivalent of like ten or twelve in a row. Everything's coming up Seattle. I yeah, guess they're looking really good. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like so. I, I think it was a foregone conclusion um, a number of years ago, especially when the league, uh, you know, opened up uh, expansion bidding with Vegas and. Uh, Seattle didn't show up, and everyone went, uh, where's Seattle? And the league was trying to convince Seattle. Like, like, like you the have Simpsons, to, like, where, uh, where everyone's like, everyone should be saying, where's Poochie? Like, the NHL went to Seattle on multiple locations and tried to convince them to put, like, a bid in. And, and just there was no ownership in place to put a bid in. Like, how desperate are you? Like, who? who what is this 3 a.m.? 
a booty call that the NHL Ooh. was making to Seattle a couple of seasons Ooh. ago. And all Sexy. of a sudden, Seattle just became a newly single lady on the market, and the NHL wasted no time in putting a ring on that. Like, this is kind of a sexy <laughs> podcast this week, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm all fired up. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I, I, again, I find, from what I hear about Seattle, it sounds like a very intriguing city. I would like to go there and see it for myself. But based on what I hear, this is going to be a good fit city-wise. Uh, obviously, we've learned today that there's already a ton of interest. Uh, they had over 5,000 people sign up for the waiting list for season tickets. Uh, so that is an encouraging sign in a day. Um, what uh, what what, uh, what did you make of uh, Arizona moving to the Central? Makes sense to me. Okay. So any, like, uh, I mean, even when I... You know, this is not a great comparison, but, like, when I created a Seattle expansion team in NHL last year, I moved Arizona to the Central, was what now, I did. the reason I ask, and uh, there, there is a little bit of thought behind this, um, if this is such a great move for Phoenix to move to the Central... Arizona. Sorry, yeah, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Glendale. Whatever they want to be. Um, why? Why not move them now? Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. I saw I saw uh, Sean's tweet about that today. Now I don't understand why that you don't do it now. Do you think um, maybe it's or because year, rather, right, the league is thinking that Arizona might not be there? Yeah, yeah. Like, does that not seem like a like yeah. a clear safety net that they're putting out there? Like Houston's sitting right there waiting. Yeah, to me, it did kind of seem like an, an issue where it's like, uh, okay, yeah, we're getting this shiny new toy, and then they kind of. And then here's what we're going to do with the other toy, and then they kind of shove it under the bed just for now, and it's just like, okay, and that's where it's going to stay for a little bit. Like, you know, like back Woody. to the shiny new toy, and then yeah, it's like, whoa, whoa, like what, Woody what, and toy what the hell did you just say about that other toy? Like, what did you just say is going to happen there? Yeah. So, yeah, to me, it did kind of seem like they were brushing it under the rug, and, and it is a little bizarre, but... Uh, do, you, do you think Houston's a, a player right now? Because you got to figure expansion's probably... Done. They're definitely a player. Uh, yeah, I don't see how you can expand. I don't. I don't. Uh, look, look, this is a different argument too. But I don't get why we're expanding when we already got a fucking few teams that need to get cut. But whatever. Yeah, I, I do get why we're expanding. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, the money it, talks. Seem, it yeah. seems weird that we're adding teams when we've got games in Florida. Right. Where did you watch the Ducks in Florida a couple weeks ago? Why would ago? I watch the Ducks in Florida? There wasn't a person there. Yeah, not one person even, at the I game. Watching. Who like? What are you? Nobody. Nobody wants to go to this game. Nothing, mom. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't get why, uh, why we're doing this, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so yeah, my my question about about think. Houston, like, do do you think that's an option? Like, do you think that's being looked at heavily? It's by an the option. League? It's definitely an option. I think they're looking at it. Yeah, well, because I, I, Arizona, like, they still don't have a, a concrete facility in place to play their. I want to give Gary Bettman some credit here, and and I do think that he is looking into a lot of possibilities that he doesn't lead on. I mean, why would he ever say, "Yeah, we're looking into Houston"? Like, he's not going to say that. Why would he ever look? Like, why would he ever say something like that? So, yeah, I I think that they are looking into it. Whether or not they do it, I have no idea. I really hope Arizona works out. I still really want to have faith that one day maybe that's going to come around but it's 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 becoming pretty discouraging at this point yeah. um I, I don't know i i would like to see florida moved i i just think it's insane that there's a team there still but 
for some reason they're financially viable. Like I don't understand. You don't have anyone going to the games. Oh, and you don't got have, deep pockets. That's what it's I mean. Just, like I, I don't. Yeah. Who? What's his name again? Vinny. Vinnie Taleggi. Something Italian. I don't know. Some some old world money. Speaking of Italians, now here we go. It's time for our guest this week on the show. <sighs> nice, nice. nice. Uh, our guest this week on Laced Up a Hockey Podcast is Aaron Pecha. Uh, Aaron is a current employee of the Stahl Foundation here in Thunder Bay. He is a graduate of Lakehead University uh, in business and also Algonquin College for business sport management. Um, Aaron did an internship last year with the Ottawa Senators and uh, spent quite a bit of time around the team, met the met the team on many, many occasions. He spent some time in the locker room. Uh, he's had a chance to meet you know a good chunk of their front office and, and sort of could help provide a, a bit of a unique uh, perspective into the Ottawa Senators that maybe we don't have. And uh, Another thing that's interesting about Aaron is he is a fairly successful but still quite amateur gambler. Uh, so we do talk a little bit into, you know, his betting strategies and things like that. Um, it seems like every day he's putting in that group chat that I have with him bragging about uh, what he won last night, so that must must be nice. Now, um, when you said interim, mm-hmm. I naturally assumed that he was the guy running Eugene Milnick's burner accounts. Is that is that what he did, <laughs> that, that internship? Um, or? No. No? <laughs> He he I can't that, confirm or deny. I can confirm okay. he is not running any burner accounts now. Okay. Um fishy. Fishy fishy. Okay. Here's Aaron Petcha. Aaron Petcha. Late uh late to the interview. Yeah. Welcome, you made her. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know. So you want to explain to the people why uh why I had to wait here at uh at Lakehead University Outpost or Yeah, so uh my car battery died. Yeah. I had to get a brand new one, so that was nice. Uh <laughs> All the screws fully corroded, so I mean, who knows if I actually get to leave here or I gotta have to get another boost. Yeah, true. This could be a long evening yeah. for, for both of us. So I might well, maybe for you. I probably won't help. Yeah, you, and I don't even go here, so that's nope. nice. Well, that's good. It'd be nice if they had like an automotive section on the university. Maybe we should pitch that to them to, uh, you know, have like uh, mechanic apprentices here working all you know all all hours of the day. Yeah, especially during the winter because it's so warm out. So yeah, yeah well, you know, pick it up. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Positivity, Aaron Petcha joins us this week, so that's that's good. Uh, all right, first question: Top three Miami Dolphins of all time. All time, okay. Dan your top, your top th- three favorites. Sorry, okay. oh, yeah, favorites. no, no, yeah, it doesn't need to be. Okay. Sorry, yeah, no favorites. We want to know. We want to get to know you here a okay, little bit. Sure. Um, Ronnie Brown, don't know if you know him or not. Wildcat running back. He's not the greatest guy, but yeah, I'm I'm familiar. Okay, just making sure. I'm familiar. Two, Ricky Williams, because. Guy was an absolute stud in college. Yeah, that's fair. Gets kicked out of the league for a year. Oh well. And, what uh, are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I know about that right now. Yeah, Kareem Hunt fantasy owner. Yeah, so, yeah there just... you go. And third, let me see. Frank I mean, Gore. I mean, it's no, got to be Frank no, Gore. No, not Frank Gore. Frank Gore. I mean, like I want to see Marino. It's Kenyon Drake. But I had, no, it's not Drake either. I want to say Marino, but I've never watched him, so I'm just gonna say probably Cameron Wake because just cause he came wow. from the CFL. He's been there for probably what ten years now, so. That's just, true. Just see where he's come from and where he is now. I uh, I'm a little disappointed. Oh, well, actually, okay, change my answer. Jason smoke. Taylor. Oh, Jason Taylor was an absolute stud Hall of Famer. So, so no smoking, smoking Jay. No Jay Cutler. No. You, you know what? I stuck up for him last year <laughs> for whatever reason. I, was I like, wanted oh, it to you work. You know what? Yeah. No, I sort of. I wanted it to work and so bad. You know what? It did not work. Oh well. And it is what it is. We're stuck with Tannehill now. So. Yeah. Well, you know they believe him. I don't. You don't. 
Not really. So what, like, who, do you think that team is good enough to win, like, okay, my, my go-to example always for, like, a quarterback who just gets the job done is Alex Smith. Now, you know, I can't really use that as much anymore, but do you think, like, do you think the team's good enough they would be better with, like, Alex Smith, let's say? I think he's, like, an Alex Smith light, if you want to say. Like, he's not I Alex agree. Smith, but he's... He's not horrible. No, but he's not great, either. You don't want to build your team around No. Him. They've kind of like, done that. But, so. like, you could win with him, but you can't win, like, the big game with him, probably. Like, that's... He, well, that's a problem, too. Like, can he even get you to the big game? No. He hasn't really gotten to the, no, the big game No, he got yet. to the playoffs once with him, so it's, like, at a matter of time, you've given them this big contract... Yeah, how much does he make? That's what I was going to uh, ask you. It's a lot, got him like isn't a six-year, ninety-six. Oh my goodness! But I mean, yeah. it is what it is. That's like uh, uh, that's like ten million dollars a year in hockey terms. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's quite a lot of money, but that's the NFL. Pay QBs and build your roster from no other money. So yeah, that's crazy. Speaking of ten million dollars a year, yeah. the Senators recently traded a possible ten million dollar a year player. You used to work for the Senators, sort of. Sort of, yeah. Sort of. Unpaid you, did, you did an unpaid internship. So, like, tell us a little bit, because uh, as you know, this is an Ottawa Senators podcast, and all we do is talk about the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. So, well, they're but, always uh, in the news, so. Yeah, well, it's, fuck, I don't know if they're going to find a way to stay out of it anytime soon, but we'll see. So, what, uh, like, explain uh, with the internship, it was, so it was for marketing. Yes. Right? What, uh... What kind of stuff were you doing there? Okay, so there's the first part and the second part. The first part was a membership services, which was kind of retaining the customer accounts. And then the second part was a mark, more marketing where it was group sales. So the group sales was kind of selling to, like, businesses, larger organizations, schools. And, again, the membership services was just kind of focused more on customer accounts, season ticket holders and whatnot. So it's kind of fun. Uh Work, got to work game day experiences, so all the pregame stuff, I was there. Yeah. And, uh, you stuck around for a few Senators games? Yeah, a few. Uh, in an, in what was just an interesting fucking year. Yeah, you know what? They came back last year and looked really good, and then I went there, and they looked really bad. <laughs> and now they actually don't look too bad. Like, surprisingly average. Maybe it was you. It could have been. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I mean, you're, it's the curse of you, maybe. Like, yeah, the, Mi- the Miami Dolphins will get to your favorite team in a few minutes, yeah. too. But, um so, what was your experience last year in what... Because you were there during a year that it's... This year seems worse. It's not, it's though. Just, it's just been more off-ice, kind of weird been, things. Eugene suing some people. And, yeah, that's you know, I mean, it, there's been a lot of more off-season news than last year. But right. in terms of on-ice performance, they haven't been as bad. I mean, my experience there, I had a great time. I mean, yeah. just working in professional sports is good. Yeah. Um, I know how people have comments about the owner and whatnot. I'm not, not going to go there. Yeah. I, uh, I've always had good we've, experiences. We went there. so Yeah. that's. Uh, but in terms of my experience there, uh, no complaints at all. Yeah. I mean, what was it like like in Ottawa last year? Like, What was the, um, I guess, the mood around the team? Like, I'm sure you talked to people in Ottawa. You got to know some people you went to school with and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, what was the attitude around the Senators? Is I mean, there... they start the season, it was really good. They started off pretty well, and then they went to Europe. I think they won one and lost one. It was against Colorado. Yeah, against Colorado. And they came back, and oh my lord. I don't know what happened after that. I don't know what kind of, what what happened in Europe, but once they came back, they were just not very good at all. Do you think maybe it had something to do with the Kyle Turris situation? Because they they move a guy that seemed to be, to me anyway, a major, you know, key, 
to the organization, to the team. It, they move him out, and then immediately things just started spiraling down. It definitely... Like, they weren't on a downward spiral when no, they still had Kyle Turris. It definitely affected him. I mean, don't get me wrong, Duchesne's probably a better player, but like in terms of a fit, right. definitely last year it didn't work out. Clearly not. Yeah. Um, this year, I mean, he's doing pretty well, but just in terms of a fit last year, it's... I, I don't know how you could argue saying it was a good thing. Yeah. And it is what it is. Struggled to find his uh, his spot on the team maybe last year or something yeah. like that because, you know, he's not the guy last year, right? No. But Carlson's the guy. Yeah. You know, Stone was there before him. He's kind of the guy there, you know. And, then, and even Hoffman, too. Like, don't get me into the news what he did yeah. this year. But, I mean, well, still a solid player. But did he have, like, a 17-game point streak this year, whatever it was. So, I mean... Guy's talented. Do you ever wonder if it's it's you know, and I mean not to comment on it too much because you don't you don't know the answer to this either. But do you think that maybe there was more to the Hoffman Carlson thing that maybe we don't know, and maybe it was a uh, maybe there was something going on in the room that was kind of taking attention away from the team on the ice there. I'm sure there probably was, but the media is not going to get a hold of everything. I mean, they no. get at their hands on a lot of things, but in terms of everything. There's probably something else going on. I mean, I personally don't know, but I... Do you see that story Brent Wallace came out with this week or last week? Or I don't think he came out with it, but someone came out with it and Brent Wallace kind of reported it and then it got blown up a little bit further that uh, the, the reason that the Senators feel different this year is because Carlson's gone in the sense that apparently an unknown player compared it to, like, a dictatorship previously under the Carlson administration, quote-unquote. And now, because he's gone, they feel it's more like a democracy in the room. Like, do you you make anything of that? Because, like, like, I heard that story, and I'm like, I could see it, but at the same time, I can't see it. You know what I mean? Like, Eric's a little bit of an abrasive guy, but, like... Yeah, in terms of a dictatorship, that might be a little overblown. I mean, I've only had a couple of conversations with a guy, but he didn't, wouldn't be anything like that when it comes to me anyways. Um, I can see you a little bit more team-oriented because you don't have a superior guy on your team anymore. Maybe it's a little bit whatever you do is, okay, everyone's got to pitch in a little bit more, whatever the case is. But, yeah, no, I never didn't see that report, but that's uh, quite hilarious to yeah. say the least. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, like, in a way, like, if he was a certain way as captain, he was made the captain at a young age. Oh, for he sure. He was never really groomed to be the captain all that much. No, they just So he of... just knew it a certain way, and he just did it a certain way, and whether or not that was right or wrong. Yeah. Like, I, I could I could understand it if the, if it's a real story. Yeah. but Whether it's a true story or not, who knows? I mean, yeah, there's probably some truth to it. It seemed weirder at the start when the Senators were doing really well. And it's like, there's no Carlson like, mm-hmm. this team is pure scraps of what yeah. it used to be. And it wasn't of, even really that good when it went to the cup final. It was more really, they, a product of coaching at that point, I, right? I feel like they definitely overachieved it from... I don't think anyone kind of expected them to go to the conference finals game seven in overtime. No. But, I mean, they did, but kind of fell back to earth. But, I mean, no one expected them to be that bad. Right. So the attitude generally was good? Yeah, no, yeah, it's kind of summarize yeah to start the year and then yeah. it's kind of once they fell off the cliff a little bit then it wasn't how many games did you stick around for because you'd be you'd be there most of the day Honestly, i guess yeah. during your internship no, so, right yeah so, so i was there most and of the for day. those of you who don't know and we've mentioned it probably every single week on the podcast but i'm gonna mention it and keep the keep the average going here 
the rink is not all that close to the city. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a little bit of a pain no. to work all day and then stay all night and then wake up and come back out to Canada. But yeah. uh, how many did you stick around for? I want to say the majority of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Probably 80% of them. Uh, now I bust. 25 games or so, 30 games. 25, 30, I'd yeah. like to say, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I even busted. So believe it or not, it's probably faster busting than it is I, driving. I do, I do believe you, yeah. Because they actually have lanes. And yeah, that's when they have like their that. own bus lane. And it's great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, definitely in the they mornings. plan for the yeah. bus. Yeah. yeah. Mornings it wasn't fun because I had to get up earlier. But I mean, like, getting yeah. out of there is probably quicker taking the bus. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely not close to downtown. It's a nice rink, right? It just it just sucks it's just that it's not that close. Location, but, like, no. it's, it's one of the older rinks I've ever been to. And I would still maintain it as one of the most, like, well-architecturally ar- built rinks. It, just because it's so steep. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? Like, you feel like you're in a bowl. It feels like you're at, no, like, exactly Bristol Motor Speedway or something yeah. where it's just, like, a wall of seats. No, in terms of, like, you how know? it's structured, and I actually quite enjoy it. Yeah. It's just a matter of, location-wise, it's not optimal at all. Did you ever eat in the restaurant on the fourth floor there? Do they still have that uh, restaurant in that ring? They still have the restaurant, yeah. Yeah, did you uh, ever eat there? I did not, no. Good food. Really? I gotta tell you, uh, yeah. I was sitting there. right above the net okay. when John Tavares scored... Uh, his hat trick in the World Juniors oh, there really? in 2009, oh. yeah, against USA. Wow. They went down 3 nothing, and then they tied the game 3-3 after one. Didn't know you were awesome. there for that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Wow. Yeah. Never heard that story. Pure, pure domination. Team can. And Pierre Maguire just saying a bunch of stupid stuff, which, you, you know, you can't go wrong. No, that's, uh, yeah. that's classic Pierre. That's the best part about being at, I was because I was at that whole tournament in okay. Ottawa, so yeah, I yeah. spent, like, you know, three weeks in Ottawa or whatever, and uh, the best part about the tournament, literally... Was I didn't have to hear any of Pierre screwing up all those calls. So, you know, when, like, Everly scored and Gordon Miller's yeah. like, can you believe it? Yeah. And Pierre's like, I, yeah. but, but, ruined that I can't, Gordon. Yeah, Beverly ruined it, but you know what? <laughs> it is what it is. Trying his best, I guess. But yeah. his best isn't good enough. No, it's not. No. You're, a, you're a Canucks fan. I am. I guess. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you make? You're wearing a Canucks shirt. I Look am. That. I had to embrace it today. Yeah. 100%. What, uh, what, do you, what do you make of this team? What do you make of this young core? I think give it a couple of years, and uh, we'll be looking pretty good. Yeah. Now, it's it's still too young. Defense isn't there. I mean, our goalie situation is still kind of iffy. Um, we haven't had a good year since, like, 2011. So, I mean, we've had a playoff year in, like, I think, 2014. But, I mean, we lost first round to Calgary. So, I mean, Pedersen's pretty much... Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, what do you think about that guy? Oh, don't even get me started. So, what, uh, like, what do you think? Like, like point point per point per game, roughly, what do you think he's going to end up being by the end of his career? Like, do by you the think end of his this, career? Do you think we're looking at, like, a legend here, like, one of the best players in the league, potentially? Or is he going to kind of come back down to earth and be more like a highlight god? Like, I don't want to be a complete homer, but I, I think he's by far the best player on the team. And that's, oh, he is for sure. Oh, yeah, that's I, I would agree with yeah. that 100%. Because Besser, Besser had a great year last year, but Besser's like, and I don't want to chirp now your team too much, uh, no. but like Besser's kind of like Kessel in a sense where he's sort of one-dimensional. Yeah, like like, I, I don't really think there's much else to Brock Besser's game other than just scoring goals. It's, yeah, that's what I mean. That's and basically speed, Kessel, yeah. he's really fast. Oh, and that's but, the same as Kessel. Though. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's Pedersen, still a good thing to have. Pedersen has the speed. I don't, I don't want to say, like, McDavid, but McDavid's probably a little quicker, mind you. But, I mean, like, yeah. it's pretty comparable. Yeah. And, like, his shot is disgusting. So, I mean, Yeah, I it's think, impressive how well he can shoot the puck. Yeah. Right? Like, I was surprised. And but he's, what, soaking wet, 150 bucks. So, <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, yeah. in terms of where I think he's going to be career-wise, I think he'll be around a point per game. 
I mean, what is he right now? Rookie year of one. He's over a point per game, I think, right now still. So I think so. I mean, I'm assuming he's only going to get better until, what, declines in 35, 36, whatever most of these guys do. It's going to be hilarious to see by then what decline is and when it is, too. I think it's even earlier. I think it's around 31, if it 32. Keeps, if it keeps trending younger, yeah, like, that's what he, I mean. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who knows how long he's going to be in the league. It's going to be interesting to see, like, what they do with rule changes. And uh, another thing, thing, too, is going to be interesting how guys over 30 start training themselves if they can find a way to stick around longer. Yeah, that's right? what I mean. And like, even still, like, look at Crosby. He's, what, mid-30s? Younger 30s? He's, 30, he's 31 yeah, right he's, now. Yeah, and he still, like, still hasn't lost a step. No. So, I mean. No. No, it, it's weird with Crosby, isn't it? Because he's not... I don't know if he's not talked about as much anymore because we have McDavid now, yeah. and now he's just the shiny new mm-hmm. Christmas morning toy, or if it's if it literally is maybe Crosby's not quite as dominant out there as he used to be because it just felt like every single night you'd see what Crosby did. Yeah, and now you look you, at the highlight yeah. pack, and now it's not as much. Now it's all McDavid or all well, Austin Matthews, but I guess he's been hurt a while. But yeah, it's just Lee Center on TSN. But yeah, it should be interesting to see. Anyways, I was at work today. Okay, and. Uh, Leafs lunch was talking about, uh, of course, yeah, yeah. classic, and uh, you know it's going to be a little bit biased, but uh, they uh, they called Austin Matthews the most lethal goal scorer in the league. Okay, I don't agree. I think he's up there. He's doing really well. Don't get me wrong. It's I, I, he's up there. Line A's pure goals. That's, he's a pure goal scorer. Ovechkin's doing. He's still still you know, quite Obi's well. still Ovi. You could revisit that in a couple of years, I think. Yeah. Well, I, so now I was going to get into this, too. Okay. Who, who do you look at as, like, dark horses to kind of contend and maybe go deep this year? And then who do you look at, like, among the actual contenders and, and think that they are for real? Like, you know, we'll start with the dark horses. Like, who like who do you look at that maybe is outside looking in? Uh, because Vancouver was in a playoff spot for yeah, a while. I don't know if they what? are. At they're the time not. Of they're a couple of years away, and uh, yeah. you know what? I'm a Canucks fan, and I see reality here. So um, I don't think this year. I, I can't see it. In terms of a dark horse, let me see, or a couple of them. Like I like Arizona. We've yeah, talked on the podcast, and I, and I I keep James makes fun of me, and I keep going in on Arizona. And I can leaves. see Arizona. I mean, they have a couple of young guys. I mean, like Ekman Larson. He's not that. You know, he's still young. And he's, he's, he's absolute stud. Yeah. Uh, well, they just traded Strom for whoever went for Schmaltz. Yeah, yeah. Schmaltz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Strom for yeah. Strom's looking good in Chicago. So I honestly haven't watched him in Chicago yeah. since then. He's, uh, he's, he's got a couple goals. He's got an assist. Four games. He's looking good. Okay. He's a good face-off talent now, too, which is which is going to help him a well, lot. Yeah, like, it's going to help him to stay in the league, for sure. Like, Clayton Keller's a stud. Yeah. So, I mean, they have a whole bunch of young guys there that they could potentially make some noise. See yeah, at the time at the time of recording, right? Vancouver is five points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, and they man, fought, they were just in one ten, yesterday. It feels like last ten games, and they're not good. Um, what do you think of San Jose? Like, what does San Jose look like to you? Because Martin Jones has struggled so much. I mean, you think defensively they should be better, but I think they had at a point last month they had the most goals against in the league. Yeah, I don't know how where they're at now. Um, Thing is, they're just four guys. They're so old. Like, th- how long's Thornton and those guys gonna last? They, sh- they should be. I think definitely better than what they are now. Uh, this is the same thing. I think I don't know 
you know, if Pittsburgh's still out of a playoff spot, then the like, same thing with them. Yeah, Pittsburgh is, at the time we are recording, they are four points out of a playoff spot, which these is kind of weird because, like, Ottawa's ahead of them. That's an amazing You know, like, the, the Rangers of- were very, very good for a while, and they've kind of slowed down a That's little bit amazing. lately. So, Do you expect Pittsburgh not to make playoffs? I definitely see them. See, that's a weird playoffs. thing, right? Because you have the New York Islanders right now that are, they played Do 25 it. games, they have 29 points, and it's on the back of Thomas Grice. Yeah, that's what I mean. like, and here we are. Who expected them to even be contending after, I mean, they lose Tavares and basically replace them with Homeroff and a couple yeah. other guys. So, I mean. And now they're playing at a higher point yeah, percentage go figure. than they were before. Yeah, go figure out the NHL. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's yeah, it, that's the thing, right? Like, we'll sit here and talk about all this. Yeah. But, uh, I guess they kind of. They must have had some sort of dictatorship, too, where Tavares must have been yeah, a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah I couldn't see no, it. No, I couldn't I couldn't no. see that. That's what I mean. So like they, he is the most, like, uh, Boy Scout fucking, I mean. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah no, it's funny how some teams, like, even, like, Vegas. I mean, I didn't expect Vegas to do that good last year. And, but, I mean, if you look at them this year, they're not doing as good. So, I mean. Yeah. It's just... It's nice to see parody, anyways. Well, it, it is, and, and that, that's a thing. Like a lot of people have talked about, right? It's like it's it's going to be interesting to see at what point is it becoming too much parody yeah. in the NHL, where you're taking a look at 15, 16 uh, seeded teams yeah. going into the playoffs that are making it to the Cup final now, and yeah, like all this, like we got fucking expansion teams going to the Cup final, and it's yeah. like oh, you know that's a bit much. So, so well, that's what I was going to ask you. So now we've got there are five teams that are like. Like head and shoulders, top of the league right now in the standings. You got Tampa Bay, you got Nashville, you got Toronto, you got Colorado, you got Buffalo. Of those five teams, you know, do you? I mean, do you first off do you see those five teams being the same five teams at the top of the league by the end of the year? And secondly, of those five teams, who do you think has legitimate cup chances, and who's going to come back down to earth? I can definitely see Nashville, and Toronto competing for sure. Like I think I'm a Obviously, you know I'm a betting guy. Um, yeah, I was going to get into that once we're once we're done uh, here. Toronto, like I think they're the favorites right now, but I can see Toronto there just defensively. There's, I mean, there's depth wise, there's questions, but I depth like when they can score equals, it doesn't matter. Um, Nashville, just defensively, the top probably top four defensively, like probably top one, two in the league. Um, it's a good roster. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, for sure. What do you make of Colorado's top line? Like, is that enough to like propel them it's, it's, to this status? Do you it's think? Kind of thing. Because it's, it's it's weird, right? Like, because they don't they don't they're on paper they're not a great team. No, but they have and yet one this line top line is is three guys that are so fucking good. Like, how do you stop that line? But it's the same thing. I've like, had people ask me like, how do you not like match yeah. up against this line? Like, fucking yeah. how how do you stop McKinnon yeah. and Rantanen? They're yeah. two of the best players in the league. Well, it's the same thing like when Vancouver. I don't want to compare it to my team again, but like nice. when Vancouver made their run in twenty ten. Yeah. yeah, but like when the Sedins had how many points they had, like one twenty each or whatever it was. I mean, they weren't the fastest guys in the world, but they just couldn't stop them. They just cycled. If they got they knew exactly play, what to do with the puck. Yeah, all That's the time. I mean, they yeah. just cycle it until the other team's tired and can't get off the ice. And yeah, just can't stop them. But yeah, no, I mean that team's going to go as far as that line takes them. So I mean, 
it'll be interesting to see anyways. But then there's a couple of other teams that aren't top five, like Tampa. Like, Tampa's going to be, I don't think you named Tampa. Yeah, Tampa's top of the league. Oh, okay. For, for, yeah, they have 41 points. Yeah. Okay, well, Tampa's pretty up there. Yeah. I think... You think Buffalo's maybe the only one you don't see maintaining that then? Like, I love... Tampa. Or sorry, who did you see? Buffalo? Buffalo, Oh, yeah. sorry. I thought you said Tampa. Okay. I'll, I'll add it yeah. later. I'll uh, cut Buff- Yeah, Buffalo. Actually, funny story. I think in 2015, I tweeted that Buffalo will be in a cup come 2020. You go back and read on it somewhere. But I'll retweet it from the uh, yeah, from the laced up account. There you go. You'll have to find it. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I had them winning the cup within five years or going to a cup final in five years. Okay. But... We so had them figuring in, it out. Yeah, within five years. Kind of bold at the time. Like, they were garbage. In 2015, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. Because that's, that's pre-Eichel yeah, dominant that's stage. Be, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, so, that's way before we yeah, know Buffalo as we know. As much as I love that team. Like, the one I, thing I will say about Buffalo, and like I, I've talked about this a few times uh, on the podcast this week, um, Buffalo has really bad possession numbers. And they're they're getting like a lot of luck, yeah. That's so good. a lot of people don't buy them sustaining this because they're doing weird things with the puck. Yeah. So, to me, I mean, I pick Buffalo to make the playoffs. I still don't think Buffalo no, like, maintains can you, this pace. Can you though. see them getting past like a Boston when they're fully healthy at Tampa or at Toronto? No. 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 Well, that's the thing. I don't think Buffalo goes very deep. But the thing with Buffalo is like they would have to play at like an eighty-five point pace to miss the playoffs right now. Like yeah. They'd have to play like Losing below hockey. 500, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I don't think it's going to happen to no. that extent, you know, but. That's what I mean. Anything could happen in the playoffs, but I mean, do I see no, it? you never know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Should be interesting anyways. You're a betting guy. I am. You're, well, actually, okay, so now you're a betting guy. So who who is your cup pick right now? Cup pick? If I had to pick... It doesn't have to be those five teams. Any team. If I had to pick just one, Tampa, to win it all. But in terms of a Western Conference team, let me think. Yeah, you can give us a little uh, 1A, 1B, 1C kind of thing here. Oh, Tampa, Winnipeg. Winnipeg is Tampa, Winnipeg. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like that's almost like picking two favorites, and that's not even fair, really. Well, I mean, Winnipeg struggled five on five this year. This year, I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's bold because I mean, like, they've struggled to the point where you know, Hellebuck's been fine, but they 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 make Hellebuck look bad some nights, which yeah. is you know that's a product of what's in front of them. But yeah, I don't know. I could see it. So Tampa, Winnipeg, you heard that's, it here first. Yeah, that's my uh, yeah? prediction right there. Okay. What? Uh, so you're a betting man. Um, my, my first question, I mean, like the NHL has legalized betting in the, in the States in certain States now, uh, obviously that doesn't really affect us in Canada because we've been fine to throw some money down for years. But, um, what, like, do you, do you bet on the NHL first off? I do. Uh, typically I I like to watch in game. Um, just, I don't really bet too much prior to the game. I kind of like to see where in terms of yeah. shots and whatnot, see where they're going. And then typically what I like to do is bet uh, on teams scoring the next goal. So whether it's them about to go on a power play yeah. and odds haven't changed or anything like that. So I'll try to bet before. So you'll just kind of sit there with laptop or phone in yeah, front of you. Yeah, my phone. And, and you'll just, see fucking, like, you know, Roman Polak just hauled down uh, 
Connor McDavid and the Oilers are going on the power yeah, play so against like, the fucking Dallas yeah, so Stars. Before, and you're like, all right, yeah, we're so good. Before the odds change, I would bet on Edmonton getting the next goal. I mean, yeah. And even if they don't score, I mean, you have a 50 50 chance, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, generally, that, that's how I make my money on an NHL, or I say make my money, but I mean, probably lose money, but. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, uh, of. Uh, so, so you bet quite a bit. Uh, in terms of what you bet, like what percentage of your bets are NHL related? Not. It's not a lot. Not a lot, no. And typically, it's just mostly NFL. Even NBA. I don't know the NBA that much, but I definitely make the most of well, NBA. Well, NBA is the easiest to predict. No, oh, like, for sure. Like, let's let's not kid ourselves no. here. You know what I mean? Like, no. that is the easiest but, league. Like, you see the you see the Warrior, Warriors, Warriors going Warriors, into Atlanta Warriors last the series night. series already. Warriors, yeah, exactly. Okay. The, the Warriors go into Atlanta last night. And it's like, you know, Atlanta's been fine this year, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> eventually that yeah. team's going to start winning some games. They're going on a road game against a yeah. team that's full of twenty-two-year-olds. Like, what do you yeah. think's going to happen? Is it? Right, Cavs, Warriors, for sure. Years. Oh my lord. Yeah. So, within the NHL, like because they've legalized the NH- like betting, and now the NHL's like all these partnerships and everything. Do you think that there is a market to bet on the NHL? Like, do you think you're going to see more of that because now it's legalized there? Or do you think it's just such an impossible game to kind of go at that maybe people just aren't going to spend their money on it? I think a team in Vegas definitely helps. I don't know if that yeah. helped contribute to it. Uh, I agree. But it definitely helps. Um, just in terms of a market size compared to the other Because you're going to see sports. so many people that go to the game from out of town oh, now. Sure. They're going to go from out of town to see how they can do. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. another thing to gamble on while you're in Vegas, but it also helps just having oh, a Vegas for team. sure. When you compare against the three other major sports, baseball, uh, football, and basketball, like it, it's tough. It might take some time to kind of race yeah. to levels to where the NBA and it's going to be more is. prop bets. I think, eh? like, it's going to be a lot more. Yeah, because you can even bet, like, oh, you know, who's going to score? Cam Talbot makes twenty fucking saves tonight and over I mean, under and, kind yeah, of thing. But it, like the outcome of the game, who's going to win? Who's going to score? Like. Like that kind of stuff yeah. is going to be tough. That's what I mean. You know, you know what? I stay away. Cover from the spread. Yeah. Like, yeah. good luck with that yeah, in the NHL. I mean. like, too, you know what I mean? Too hard to predict, anyway. So I, I try to stay away from it, but I mean, like, I still got to get in every once in a while. So. Yeah. So it, it's the sport that you do the worst on, maybe is NHL. Yeah. Would you I, say? Yeah, that's fair to say, anyways. Well, thanks for having. Uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Aaron. Right. Thanks. For you know, it was me. good for. It was good to have you. I hope uh, everyone listening. Learned a thing or two? Probably not. But. <laughs> learned uh, learned how to maybe not bet on sports. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Uh, and then advice. we and then we also learned that Kenyon Drake isn't that good. I guess no, according to not, Major no, Dolphins, definitely not in my top three. No, maybe well, he'll get there soon enough. Well, good luck with that car battery, by the way. Yeah, hopefully I get out of here. So yeah, <laughs> okay, we'll see. Thanks, man. Our thanks to Aaron Petcha uh, for sitting down with me at the uh, at the outpost. We had a nice, we had a nice tankard. Yeah, TFTR. Yeah, man. I, love, I mean, I love beer too. You, you know? gotta, you gotta work. We get it. You're a busy guy. You gotta pay for that uh, late night pizza there in Minneapolis. It's not cheap. Yeah, I don't know. That's fine, I guess. All right, next, yeah. next. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do the next interview. Our next, well, if you want, if you have one lined up, feel free. Here, here's Eric Stolf. Oh, okay. Uh, no clip? No clip? Thought we had a clip. Um, they wouldn't let me back across the border with it. No? no. Okay. Chuck Fletcher. 
is now the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. Show your, show your, explain, so. What do you have to say about this? I don't love it. I don't love it either. No. I never, I haven't really even thought about it. I'm thinking about it for the first, I'm going to be spitballing with you right now. Have you thought about it? I didn't really think about it. I don't really like it. I never really liked it. I think, I think Minnesota's a bit of a mess, and I think it has a lot to do with him. I don't know if they're a mess, but I think it was a different a set of circumstances. It's going to get ugly. That's what I'm. That's oh, what I'm getting. Well, I th- at. it's going to get ugly. I, I think every team gets ugly. Like if there's no like, lockout, that team's fucked. If there's no lockout in 2020, they are fucked. Yeah. Every team will cross that bridge one day, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, for sure. No, so. they no, they will. But you didn't need to give Parise and Suter 13 years. It's a different world back then. Different set of they, rules in the CBA. And their can, thought was that they were close enough. Yeah, and my thought, and I don't know if if you remember thinking anything like this, but when it happened, I remember saying to you, "They're not good enough that this makes a difference." Like it makes a difference, but like it it didn't put them over the top. It just made them a playoff lock rather than a playoff contender. Well, yeah, you got to get to the dance, but like, if you don't know any of the moves once you get there, then what the hell's the point? Getting back to the old, uh, you know, the girlfriend sort of talk. You know, it's sex, sure. this this sexy podcast. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I think Ron Hextall did a lot of good things in Philadelphia. I think they're set up yeah, to be like a good team but... for a long, long time. And I'm just worried that someone else's vision is going to come in and maybe shake the foundation of what they have. Um, Chuck's been known to make some. He gambles. Like, he, he, well, he goes bit. after he goes after the big fish. Yeah, you know? and, and and He's sometimes not... the big fish pay off, and sometimes the big fish don't. And... It's not a horrible move. I don't think it's not a horrible. move. I don't know if there was anyone that I would have put in there ahead of him necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, I personally probably would have just let Paul Holmgren finish the year off and see where you stand in the summer, see who's available, see who gets fired. You know, maybe there's a new name come June that you'd prefer over Chuck Fletcher. Uh, it's not like Paul Holmgren hasn't done the job before. It's not like Paul Holmgren's done a bad job before. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think they might have rushed the decision a little bit. Because I can't see anyone hiring Chuck Fletcher between now and June. Well, so, well, you're right. well, you're not even necessarily right on that. Because as Connor McDavid shines over my television right now, I do sort of wonder if maybe if things go downhill, then maybe Shirelli's not gone. But that's neither here nor there. Um, my, my thought on it is I, I don't hate the timing of it at all. Because I think Philadelphia is another team that is entering sort of a crucial fork in the road here, and they're going to need to decide what they what they got to do soon. Like, are they in on competing, or is this team rebuilding? Like, what is exactly happening? Like, they've done a good job of retooling and maintaining their their competition. Like, no one can take that away from from Ron Hextall because he's sort of stocked the cupboards a little bit here. He's got a lot of good young players that they didn't have a few years ago. And yet, they made the playoffs last year. Like, they, they are winning games while they're stocking the cupboard. So, you, I mean, you got lucky on Nolan Patrick, which helps. But, you know, like, they've done a pretty good job at that. Uh, I think they're at a point now where they have to decide, like, what's going to happen with some of these older guys? What's going to happen with these younger players? What are you doing here? And I think the best way to approach this sort of fork in the road is to get someone in there right now and get them prepared for what is going to be a potentially huge summer if this team continues to fishtail down the road. Yeah. So I I do like the timing of the move, whether or not 
Chuck Fletcher is the right choice. I don't know, but again, I've said this five times today. There are people who get paid more than I do to make those decisions, so I assume they're making the right one. Um, what what I what I like about it and what I don't like about it is what I like about it is you got to look at Philadelphia's history, and they have not done a very good job finding someone to stop pucks. And Chuck Fletcher, one thing he has done is Minnesota's never really been weak in net. They've had little spurts, but every team has. When you've got to move on from a guy, you've got to fill the hole somehow. He brought in Dubnik. He took a chance on Dubnik. It was one of the better trades we've seen in the last five years. Um, what I don't like about Chuck Fletcher, and Chuck Fletcher is a bit of a gambler, as I said. Chuck Fletcher likes to spend some money on free agents, and the Philadelphia Flyers' ownership has had no problem doing that. Granted, Ed Snyder's passed away now, but it's still sort of a similar regime. You still have Paul Holmgren, and you still have Bobby Clark, and these guys still think that way. Um, I sort of wonder if we're going to see some questionable free agent decisions here. Um, maybe some questionable extension choices and, and who we're going to let go. Uh, if they're going to give up on a, <laughs> on a, you know what I mean, on a, on a, high-end prospect in 2021 and during the expansion draft is what I'm getting at because Alex Tuck looks better and better every day and I'm not saying they made the wrong choice um, because there was a talk at the time that Dumba was the guy who they were going to have to cut loose Matt Dumba is now the best player on the Minnesota Wild as far as I'm concerned so you know I'm not saying you made the wrong choice I'm just saying there there is a chance that he can mess this up Fletcher's going to have a lot of opportunities to get out of the hole though uh, a couple of Appliance buyouts coming down the pipeline, probably a roster spot picked up by Seattle. So. Do they have any bad prospects that would take them through that, or sorry, uh, contracts that would take them through that lockout other than no, right I now mean, possibly? This is what I mean, like this summer coming up, if he signs a couple of flops, Well, true. No, could, you're right. He can unload right. those pretty easily. I mean, it's not going to look good on you to buy out a contract less than a year after signing it. Of course not, but um, if you've got the tools available, yeah, no, if you, you gotta just do it. use the tools available. Say you, you got two, like, you, you have an opportunity to... Fuck up one. You go out and, and then you add, drop as much money as you are allowed yeah. on a goaltender this summer. Yeah. And worst case, it doesn't pan out, you buy him out. You think JVR is going to get back into his stride there? Oh, boy. I don't know. He doesn't look great. No. But, I mean, like, I, I always defend these guys that miss the first part of the season. I think it's really, really tough to get back into it uh, after you miss the start of the season. Like, that's really when you start developing chemistry and getting into the swing of things of the, of the everyday Um surroundings of the team and you know he missed a he missed a lot of time there so you know i wonder if it has something to do with that because it doesn't help to go to a new team and then yeah. not play the first 15 games and then you come back and it's like oh here's this new guy try to find a spot for him i'll tell you this he doesn't look it's, good though uh, it's it's looking not too bad in uh, retrospect for leafland all that talk about how are you going to yeah, score I, without him and no, I, now he's not scoring i was so. never i would the Leafs have not made many decisions in the last few years that I disagreed with, if any. Oh, I would have loved to have kept him, but you weren't going to sure. afford him. So. I would have loved to have him for, yeah. you know, <laughs> him at 2.25 instead of Connor Brown. Yeah, sure, I'll fucking take it, but that's not how it's it not, works. It's yeah. not how it works, uh, you know. So Anyway. So, anyway. Uh, what it Chuck is. Fletcher, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, y- you don't love it? I don't know. I, I just think they rushed it and that there might be regret their okay. decision come the offseason. Okay. So. The Pittsburgh Penguins are reportedly looking into moving Phil Kessel. Now, I don't want to look into whether or not this is true, um, 
but I think it is true because Jim Rutherford has seemed real real old man cranky the last month and a half or so. Uh, it seems like he's ready to just to just line the bottom of the building with some dynamite and blow the things into smithereens. He's, he's losing it. I'd be interested to see where he would go, and I wanted to talk to you about where right now, $6.8 million cap hit, Where's a good fit for Phil Kessel? Okay, so I've got I've got a three part answer here for you. I've okay. got where I think I'll be back later, Zach. <laughs> I got where I think he should go. Nice. I've got a long shot pick, and nice. I've got um, what I think is going to happen. Okay, so where he should go? Okay, where he should. So go. he's not going to go where he should go. No. Okay. Okay. Where okay. he? Where he? Pro- where he? Could- Which is Toronto, his <laughs> rightful home. Yep. And then a long shot pick. Okay, so I'll start with the long shot pick. It's too bad the Leafs don't have captain. As a long shot pick, if you could find a little bit of room somewhere, you'd have to trade some some pieces out and uh, uh, maybe get Pittsburgh to retain some salary by tossing in a couple picks or something. Uh, the Nashville Predators should be taking a hard, <laughs> hard look at Phil Kessel. Yeah, that's funny. That was my first thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> first, first fucking thought. Of course. Some scoring they, they, help down the wing. Oh, man. Oof. That he, team would be he deadly. He would be such a fit there. Yeah. Uh, Peter Laviolette, I think he's got, uh, you know, the, the right type of style for, for really take Phil's game to where it was anyway. I don't know if no, he's still I, the same I, player. No, I agree. But... Peter, Lavi's not a pushover at all. No. But he he's not rude to his players either. Okay. So, uh, then there's where I would put him. Um, I would put him in Colorado. I'd put everyone in Colorado. Oh wow! I just yeah. Okay. That was my remember that was my Tavares pick. Was it before? Yeah, before last season, I said he was going to Colorado. Seven years, seventy-five million. I almost got the deal right. Huh? I got the team wrong. Okay. I'm glad I got the team wrong. Well, um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd put him in, uh, in Colorado because, you know, obviously, you know, the you know, marijuana is legal and you can just eat a bunch of hot dogs and, you know, get super high. But, hot dogs. Um, no, hot dogs. um, I, uh, I don't know. Like I, I look at what Colorado has right now this second and you got to figure they're adding a real good piece at this upcoming draft, you know, might not be first overall, but they're getting a high pick. They're going to be set up for a few years here, make a couple decent runs. I think if you got Phil Kessel on the second line, I Colorado Avalanche are looking at okay. doing some damage out west. Where do you think he is going? I think he's going to Calgary. I think the Flames uh, find a way to partner with a guy that's struggling, like, say, James Neal, send him back somewhere that he has had success in the past, um, maybe flip one of those... Uh, Goaltending prospects that they've got down um, with uh, Riddick playing the way he is. Matt Murray's, like we talked about last week, about how we're not entirely sure what's going to be happening long-term with him, if he's going to be well, the same guy. Even even just with that, though, I understand your point. Like They need to find something else right now, though, even even if yeah, even if Murray's hurt for another month. Like, fucking Casey DeSmith is not getting it done, really. Fair. He's doing yeah. fine, but like it's not... It's not you're not playoff bound right now. Yeah, I just look at I look at Calgary and I, I I think that they know that they've got a division kind of open for the taking. Well, and yeah, you're not wrong there. I don't think Calgary has much to trade that wouldn't weaken them long term. 
or that like Pittsburgh would want that wouldn't weaken them now. Like they don't have a ton in terms of prospects. They like they have Dylan Dubé and they have some decent pieces there, but like I just don't think they have anyone to flip right now that wouldn't essentially just negate the trade itself. Like they don't really have anything sec- sexy in the roster. Yeah, well, that's why I come back to James at. Neal. You know what I mean? James Neal's just not working in Calgary, and if, yeah, if see, they can if they can flip Neal to Pittsburgh along with say a first, but yeah, that's what I mean. And... Like if if anything, I, I, let's fucking call it spade a spade here. If Neal's involved in the trade, that's a negative trade value. Like now you have to add more. I don't think sure. James Neal has any trade ability well, right now at all. Probably not. Right. But so like think... they have to really package hard. And sure. I'm saying they don't have anything to package to begin well, with, even if they keep Neal, I don't think. But yeah. I get the logic behind it. It makes sense. I just don't I, know. I think they, can they pull look at Neal as as like I think like Kessel's what they want Neal to no, be. No question. And... No question Phil Kessel is a really good fit in Calgary. Yeah. For sure. Um I don't know. Even coaching-wise, like, I think it's all there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I can yeah. see it happening. Yeah, I, I agree. The team that I think should make the play, uh, although I don't disagree with Calgary, because um, Calgary's pretty high up there. If, if Nashville can make a play, I agree with that. Another team I think that would benefit real hard about it, and we have heard this trade rumor before, is Arizona. I think if Arizona adds Phil Kessel into their top six, the way Schmaltz has been playing since he got there... Uh, you got Keller, you know, I think Kessel does some serious damage there. I'd like to see them make that play. Now, is John Chaka that type of GM? I don't know. Because he seems really shifty. You know what I mean? He seems like he's trying to kind of yeah. out-muscle some GMs. Phil Kessel is just a straight across the board, like everybody knows that would be a good trade, and it's the obvious option. And I almost wonder if he tries to challenge himself or something like I don't, I don't know I just I don't see him making that trade I think I think if Jim Rutherford's involved I think Jim looks at the Arizona Coyotes and says okay you want Phil Kessel I want one of your mm-hmm. top guys mm-hmm. like I'm looking at I'm looking at Keller I'm looking at yeah you know yep these young pieces that you yeah, got exactly and Chicka tells him one. to fly a kite and hangs up the phone right like that's so, the problem yeah because um, I think Jim Rutherford he he's not the best GM but I think the guy can trade he can wheel. No, Jim, Jim Rutherford, he's a fine enough GM, like, yeah. as much as I make fun of him. and um, I don't, He's, he's got I, some again, bad I don't, signings. I don't think he's, yeah, I know? don't think he's amazing, but I don't think there's a perfect GM out yeah. there right now. The one that I would have made that argument for just resigned last summer, and Steve Eiserman. You know what I mean? He's fucked up almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the other team I would think that would be a decent fit, but sort of like your... Um, sort of like your talk, they would have to shift some stuff around with Nashville, is also Boston. Uh, to go back to Boston, I, I think makes a lot of sense right now. I think they could use some depth, um, especially because like that team is just so injury-riddled and their older players are just so constantly hurt that they could use someone who, A, is healthy all the time, but also, B, they need some depth that they can count on. Um, I think it would be a good fit, but uh, the logistics, I don't know if it's there. Yeah. So there you go. Those are the five teams Phil Kessel won't get traded to. Nice. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, we got uh, we got one more thing we got to do, and then we'll do the top ten, and we'll try to make the top ten as quick as we can here. Um, question of the week. Mike Wern writes in. Sorry, Dwight Shelford of Twitter. Uh, at Dwight Shelford. I think it's at Mike Wern, but he's Dwight Shelford. I don't oh, know. Our, our friend Mike and former sort of guest on the podcast. He was in the background of an episode. 
Um, will Martin Jones win the Vesna? Now, it is obviously a sarcastic question because I think we can agree very quickly here. No. Uh, he will not. No, uh, not David, this year. David Riddick will not. Um, Mike Ooh. Smith will not. Ooh. Um, You're taking some digs here. Tyler Parsons will not. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Kari Ramo will not. No, he will not. Can confirm. Um, but I wanted to take this question and sort of turn it into another small little discussion here before we get into the top ten. What the hell is going on with Martin Jones? Is this a product of Carlson not being quite gelled in yet and the team's still trying to figure out some things? Or do you think Martin Jones is kind of losing it a little bit? Because one thing I will say that I noticed about Martin Jones last year is that five holes getting a lot worse. And I haven't seen a lot of the goals scored on him. I'd have to look at some charts. But uh, I would imagine he's, he's having some technical issues this year because he's never really been anything close to this bad. I think it's time to panic about Martin Jones. You think so, eh? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think this is a problem that's being we should we should add some we should add some context here uh you dropped him in fantasy this week yeah which may be the best goaltender i've seen dropped in our league since three years ago mike wern dropped bobrovsky and i picked him up i think he i think that was the year he ended up winning the vesna he picked up jones or uh sam already did sam put a claim in i was gonna put a claim in i already have three goalies yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? I'm trying to trade one of them, it is. Yeah. If, if anyone's in our fantasy league and they're listening to this and you're interested in Jonathan Quick or Thomas Grice, let me know. There you go. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Gibson's I, I, untouchable. I, this is not a, a result of faulty defense that's leading to this. This is bad. Like You you, you look you have to look at Aaron Dell, and you can make the argument that this is not a defensive issue. Because like, Aaron Dell's been... He's not... He's been all right. Yeah. Like he he's he's being Aaron. He's a good Dell. backup. He's yeah. He's doing he, exactly he's a good what backup. you expect out of him. People don't give him a lot of credit. But he, he's like uh, Martin Jones is not. He's almost like Michael Neuverth, eh? Like as long as he's not playing a lot of games, Dell. I guess so. He's solid. I can't just say I've watched just a, don't lot play of, him too much. a lot of Dell. I just know that like I've, I've looked right. at his numbers. He's getting you exactly what you need out of him. Uh, the guy that isn't is the guy that you're paying five and a half million dollars for on a team that's going to be facing a lot of cap that's crunch. All yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, when more. Martin Jones is Martin Jones, right. it's not too good. Uh, which I think this year it's not too good. Be over. Yeah, you think so, eh? I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a Martin Jones believer, and I think he's going to figure this out. Uh, for what it's worth, 19 games right now. Uh, his goals against average is three on the nose, and 894 save percentage, which is not good. He has posted zero shutouts. Uh, for what it's worth, he is a not, or sorry, a 239 goaltender and a 914 save percentage on his career. Um, He's had some good years. He's looked really stellar for the last three years for San Jose, uh, basically since he got traded there. He's been really, really good. So, Brian, we um, we're gonna have a few guests over the Christmas break, and I believe one of them I have yet to confirm. But uh, if we do get the one, he he knows quite a bit about goaltending. So we'll uh, we'll maybe have him on and see what he thinks about Martin Jones. But for now, my answer is I think he'll figure it out. But I can't answer what is going on with him. Um, but long story short, no, he's not going to win the Vesna this season because it's it's too far gone at this point. He's yeah. going to need to let in one goal per game for about fifty five games in a row to fix this. So, yeah. uh, thank you to uh, at Mike Wern for that uh, very condescending question. Mm-hmm. Okay, top ten, top ten, man, top ten, top ten, top ten, uh, top ten this week uh, as voted on by the <laughs> Jesus Christ, the people. I was bored with the top ten. Molded by it. Thank you, people. 
Yeah, we're going to keep doing these polls just so I can do my uh, pretty below average Bane impression. No, nice. our top ten this week is uh, top ten draft busts since 2000. Yeah. Now, uh, James and I are going to do a comparative one on this one because we, are. we, could, we couldn't combine. Now, what you're going to notice is uh, James and I have a, have a decent amount of them that overlap. Um, but we used a little bit of different criteria in measuring our players. So James sort of measured it by... Uh, more so, how did they kind of hurt the team in a sense that they were picked, right? Is yeah, what you did? more more of a you know like you have an opportunity here, the team gets a bust out of the player. Not necessarily like the player has a busty, busty, but <laughs> has a bad career. Um, Ooh boy, but just isn't what the team wanted or needed out of that player at that yeah. time. Uh, I just I straight up just did it. They were hyped. They were supposed to be good. They got picked there. They sucked, and the next few players after them were pretty good. So yeah. I'm, I'm just I just did it more. It was just a pure kind of mistake uh, in terms of where they were picked. Now, uh, more of a hindsight sort of ranking, I guess, in a sense. But now before we jump into this uh, into this top ten, uh, something did stick out to me while mm-hmm. I was looking up sure. uh, the drafts. Uh, so I got a, a quick little mini quiz for you here. We're gonna fly through oh, this. Oh yeah, I forgot I wanna, about that. I want to okay. see um, how many of these players you could name for me because. In researching this, I took a look at the number of top 10 players that have played for the Edmonton Oilers since their cup run. So, I'm not talking about first round picks here. I'm talking about top 10 picks that have played for the Edmonton Oilers. It's one thing to keep all of your first round picks and have a guy develop each yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, but they could have been traded there. Like, just how many could of have those been traded there? How many of the? I'll tell you how many there basically are. Basically, a hundred and thirty players. There is are that what it is? thirteen players that have that have done this. Can I name them all? In the ten years, I guess 12, 12 drafts since. Okay. They went to the Cup Finals. Okay. Okay. Can I name them all? Is can what you you're saying? How many of them can you name? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Neil Yakupov. Uh, you got it. Connor McDavid. You got it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yes, sir. Uh, Yessi Puliyarvi. Yes, sir. Why am I forgetting a big one? Taylor Hall. Yeah. This is where it gets a little interesting. Ryan Strom. Yeah. Is Benoit Pouliot in the year range? What year was he drafted? Oh, 05. Oh, yeah, before the cup run, I guess, technically. Eh? Okay. Um, what am I at? You have seven remaining. Jesus Christ. Griffin Reinhardt? Yep. Wow. Who am I forgetting? I've got to be forgetting a big fish or something, eh? Uh, there's, a, there's a couple, yeah. Oh, Adam Larson. Adam Larson? Uh, gee... Jeepers Creepers, uh, eh? Adam Larson makes a three uh, in the top five from a single draft year. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck. Uh, all right. All right. There we're we're not going to let this go yeah. on all day. The, the guys you missed, uh, sixth overall in 07, Sam Gagne. Oh, yeah. Uh, tenth overall in 09, Magnus Pajarvi. Oh, yeah. Uh, seventh overall in 2013, Darnell Nurse. Really? He went that early, yeah. Eh? Third overall in 2014, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh-huh. And uh, tenth overall this past uh, June, uh, Evan Bouchard came played seven games oh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So that uh, that is the right. wild west uh, of the Edmonton Oilers draft wild west. history. 
okay. since uh, since oh seven. So uh, number ten. Number ten. We both have the same ten. So we'll That's just kind of we'll just kind of talk about it quickly here. Uh, Dylan, the Undertaker, McElrath. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get is that a real nickname. <laughs> yeah, so oh. you know you know the Undertaker, like ra- the wrestling guy. I've, I've heard of him. Okay, well because McElrath was supposed to be this big fucking enforcer, tough guy, uh, throwing the punches. That was his nickname. Was the Undertaker? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, Dylan McElrath, I have it right here. Yeah, 10th, 10th, 10th overall. 10th yeah. in 2010. Um, he has played, we should say has for a lot of these guys, because you never know when a comeback's looming. But he has played 43 games. He has 5 points and 94 penalty minutes uh, for the Rangers and the Panthers. Five of those were for the Panthers uh, from 2013 to 2017. Uh, the three, three, three notable picks that came after him that I would have maybe made instead of uh, Fowler. Wasn't one of them. Who I... He was highly touted at the time, and Fowler fell. I don't know if you remember that. He kept yeah. falling in the draft. And everyone's Vaguely. like, why is he falling? Vaguely. What's yeah. wrong with him? And now, as we can see, nothing is wrong with Cam Fowler. Cam Fowler is a very good defenseman. Uh, Derek Forbert, who is basically what they hoped McElrath would be. And uh, Vladimir Tarasenko went at 16th. So maybe positional need will go with the other two being a bigger problem. But for me, Forbert's a fucking behemoth and, and you know, can actually play hockey. Yeah. Uh, for- Forbert, it definitely would have been a, uh, just as just as good as well. Not just as good, a better option for sure. Um, I, I can't, I can't help better. but wonder uh, those those uh, Rangers years, if you, you know, those, those runs to the finals a couple... You had Cam Fowler to that decor. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. You might get by the Kings there in the finals. You might be getting by month. You know. Yeah, they... they you got to remember, they went to the finals against the Kings. Yeah. With a roster that very quickly... The de- the defense became dog shit, like, very quickly after that final. Like, so. Mark Stahl fell real hard. Dan Girardi basically... Basically hit his head on something during the summer and wasn't the same. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. It, so you wonder. Weird pick. Yeah, really weird pick. They they what they wanted was uh, they wanted toughness, and they said that, but it was kind of at a time where fighting was already going out of the game. Like you, there was hind there, you know, this isn't a hindsight thing. Like you already knew that fighting is decreasing, and it's probably going to keep decreasing. And I don't know if they thought, oh no, we'll make it increase again. We'll make fighting great again. So, anyway, McElrath at 10 for both of us. Yeah. What's your 9? Uh, number 9 for me is uh, Cam Barker, who went 3rd overall mm-hmm. in uh, 2004 to the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, didn't really pan out. Uh, he uh, only played a little over 300 games. He was dealt to Minnesota. Uh, the deal to Minnesota really was, was not that bad. Like, what Chicago back got back from Minnesota wasn't terrible. I think they got... Uh, uh, defenseman. Uh, it was Nick Letty. Letty? Yeah. Okay. It was a terrible deal for the Wild, okay. for sure. I, I thought it was someone not as good as Letty for I'm some reason. I'm pretty sure but it was Nick Letty. That that does make sense. Yeah. So in, in that regard, it worked out. But it's it's tough to grade the Blackhawks on a, on a draft bus like this because they, they have three cups. Well, so. the thing with Cam Barker is the Blackhawks weren't the only one that were wrong. Like, a lot of people thought Cam Barker was going to be a really good player, hence why he ended up playing for four teams in such a yeah. short span afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, like, he was on the World Juniors. Like, a lot of people thought he was just as good at the time as Dion Phaneuf. 
and they thought he was going to be just like a purely dominant physical force back there. I remember watching him lay guys out in the World Junior, and it just, it didn't take. Yeah. It didn't take for whatever reason. Uh, the three players that went after him, because I do have all this written down, because, uh, spoiler alert, he's on my list. Uh, Ladd at four, Wheeler at five, and then the next defenseman that was notable that, you know, arguably would have been a better pick is Ladislav Schmid, who ended up playing about 600 games in the league. So, you know, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, it wasn't a good pick, but... Um, I think a lot of teams would have made that pick, too. Yeah, no problem. but so. it, it didn't work out, and it wouldn't have worked out for anyone, I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't yeah. think that was a development issue. Uh, my number nine was Zach Hamill. Who? Uh, Zach Hamill was picked eighth overall in 2007 by the Boston Bruins. He played 20 games, he registered four assists, never scored a goal from 2009 to 2012. Uh, the player taken directly behind him was also centerman Logan Couture. Heard of him? I have. Uh, also, Brandon Sutter at 11, Ryan McDonough at 12. Not a good pick. Bad pick. Really Fair bad enough. pick. Fair Don't enough. know whatever happened to him, but he's not playing in the NHL right now. I can confirm. What's your number eight? Number eight for me, uh, <laughs> Benoit Poulier. Didn't need to waste time with no. that one. Yeah, Ben, okay. That's another one you may need to explain a little bit. Okay. I don't know if he was a bust necessarily. Well, I guess so. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if he was a bust either, but... Was he that low? Uh, he was fourth eighth? overall. Oh, I thought you said eighth. Sorry. No, fourth overall. Um, now, look. I, it's a different world when you, you have maybe belief in the guy that you have in net. But the Montreal Canadiens scooped up Carey Price, the pick after. Um, Deb- Dubnik's there now. Like, everything's fine. Doobie, but, doobie, doobie. Oh, boy. you got to wonder... Like, does Price make a different in those a difference in those early years when they just recently signed Parise and Sutter, uh, Suter? Sorry, when that when they, like when those deals were fresh, they were not getting any stability in that. Like mm-hmm. Josh Harding had his whole MS thing; mm-hmm. they can't control that. Nick Baxter was on his way out. Uh, they had somebody else that kind of came in. Tried to, Price's prime, you mean? Like well, Dubnik? yeah, yeah. Like, maybe not the no, heart right. season, but like. No, because I was going to say, like, right after the draft pick. What year did Pouliot get drafted? No, five. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, Backstrom was unbelievable for a few years, like, shortly after that Oh, pick, yeah, but, definitely. Um, yeah, no. There right. was a gap, for sure. I don't disagree. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just Is he still playing? Pouliot? I don't Pouliot? think so. I thought he's in Buffalo still. No, he's not. Uh, he definitely isn't, no. is he? Okay. So he's just a free agent now? guess so. So he's probably done, then. That's probably her. That's probably her. Uh, number eight. One of, I think he is the only player on my list, yes, that is currently still active in the NHL. Uh, a lot of these players are active, but not in the NHL. Uh, my number eight, and it kind of goes back to uh, Mr. McElrath. Uh, number eight for me is Eric Branson, drafted third overall in 2010 by the Florida Panthers. Um, now, he is currently active. At the time we're recording the podcast, he's played 418 games in the NHL. He has 61 points uh, for the Florida Panthers and the Vancouver Canucks. Um, The reason I don't like the pick is because Florida was also sort of trying to accomplish a similar thing as the Rangers as to try to get this grit, this big defenseman. In hindsight, that was not a good move. And Good Branson still has a place in the league, but A, Good Branson's been overpaid for his entire career for sure. Um, he's been overplayed his entire career, for sure. And uh, my third reasoning is that uh, he went third. Fourth was Ryan Johansson. Seventh was Jeff Skinner. Ninth was Mikhail Granlund. And again, for the second time, I should mention, number 12 was Cam Fowler. From what I remember, there was people who thought Fowler might be the best defenseman in this draft. 
and we may maybe should have listened to those people a little harder is all I'm getting at. Yeah. That might be a hindsight one. I, I just, I don't never really found Good Branson to be overly effective. So yeah. Good Branson's number eight for me. Fair enough. Uh, what am I at? Seven? You're number seven. 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 Um, from the 2011 draft, going fifth overall to the New York Islanders, Ryan Strom, who has uh, now been traded twice uh, in his brief time in the league. I don't disagree with this one. Yeah, it's it's... It's this wasn't one of the ones we disagreed on. Yeah. I, I, he just doesn't make mine. Yeah. But he, I, I get it. Uh, he might not be a bust. Like, there's still some time for him to find a game. But yeah. He's if, turning into... I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or if this was a separate conversation you and I had. But he's he's starting to fall into that Curtis Lazar sort of... Could be. He's just a guy now. Could be. He doesn't really have a role. Like, he's not really all that offensive anymore. Yeah. You're like a dynamic, anyway. He kicked off He's a not good defensively yet. He kicked off a string of four straight centermen being drafted. Uh, immediately following him, uh, Mika Zibanejad, mm. followed by uh, I'm a big fan, Mark Scheifele. I'm a really big fan, uh, and then Sean Couturier. I'm also a big fan. And you got to figure any one of those three guys. Fantastic two-way centers. There. <laughs> you know, may, like, maybe all very good at both ends of the ice. May, maybe to the point where we're talking about John Tavares still being in Long Island. Like, like maybe, like may, maybe, like if, if oh. there's. If there's more pieces For sure. around, yeah. If if Mika Zabinajad is the guy, not even if Shifley is the guy behind fucking yeah. Tavares, that's a different team. That's oh, not yeah. even close. Because oh, yeah. Shifley is the first line center on one of the best teams in the league. You know, you're talking about a Leaf situation. Let's be honest here. Yeah. So I don't. Well, I mean, Matthew is better than Shifley, yeah. but it's comparable. Uh, my number seven was Cam Barker. So ah, fair yeah. enough. What's your number six? Uh, my number six. Uh, comes from uh, the draft following my last one. Oh, this is one of the interesting ones, isn't it? Yeah. This uh, is one of our fun ones. Uh, Griffin Reinhardt, fourth overall, also to the New York oh, Islanders. That's not who I thought it was. Uh, look, the Islanders, uh, they, had a, they had a real shot for a couple of years here where they, they could have <laughs> built something really special. They could have lured uh, a big free agent last summer in John Tavares to uh, come play for them, possibly. And I think they dropped the fucking ball really fucking hard because uh, I don't understand... Uh, look, I get it. Like, Griffin Reinhardt at the time, I think everyone was talking about him. He had a really good junior career. He had like a lot of success with Canada, the World Juniors. But, uh, yeah, uh, a couple defensemen were drafted after Griffin Reinhardt this year. Uh, Morgan Riley, Hampus Lindholm, Matt Dumba, Jacob Truba. Almost all directly in a line after Reinhardt. Reinhardt was fourth, Riley fifth, Lindholm sixth, Dumba seven, Truba nine. Yeah, it was, it was a bad decision. I think we're really starting to see the effects of why Garth Snow was not a good general manager. Is because one thing I always thought about Garth Snow was at least he knew how to draft. And what I think the thing was with Garth Snow, as I, now I'm starting to realize it, was that he would always just take the best player available and not realize that maybe there were reasons why they were skipping over him. And on the other hand, also probably didn't know how to develop a lot of these guys because as we're seeing now, their system is turning out bust after bust after bust. Because, like, not featured on either of our lists, but another guy is, like, Michael Dalcali is another guy that it's like, where the, f- where the hell is he? Like, he's 22 and he's yet to even make an impression in the NHL. Um, I don't know. Like it just continues to happen. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, do we have number sixteen? The same? 
No. Oh, I see. No, mine. Well, Reinhardt's Reinhardt's on my list, but he's not number six. Uh, my number six is Alex- Alexander Svitov. 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 Come get your chunky soup. Uh, third overall in 2001 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, 179 games, 37 points for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets from 2002 to 2007. Stephen Weiss went fourth overall, carved himself a good career, just ran into injury problems. He was a really good player, though, at one point. Uh, Miko Koivu, number six, captain of the Minnesota Wild right now. Pretty good career. And uh, number nine was Tuomarutu, also a guy not in the league anymore, but carved himself a decent career. Svidov was a behemoth, was six foot six and like 230 pounds. And this was at a time where speed was, you know, not really all that important. It was more size. But Svidov had speed and size. Like, they, a lot of people called him the Russian Lindros. Yeah. Didn't happen. No. Spoiler alert. He was not the Russian Lindros. Uh, this was a guy, he had plenty of opportunity. Like, he almost had 200 games in the league. He got minutes for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who at the time were a very good team. And uh, he just couldn't make it work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Your number five, sir. Uh, my, my number so. five. The top five. Uh, kicking off. First five. overall pick. Top five. Uh, in 06. Yeah, here we go. All Eric right, let's get interesting. Johnson. Here. Um, look, so I like Eric Johnson. It's worth noting. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna give my argument and then you say why because I think your point may be more valid. But I disagree that he's a bust because he's a serviceable NHL defenseman who's still in a lineup. And for those of you who are not aware, that draft class was absolutely horrendous for defensemen. Uh, the next notable guy being Jeff Petrie. After that is Eric Griba. Heard of him? Type him in the hockey reference. Uh, so I don't think he's a bust. I think that the Blues went with a positional need, but you do not. Well, well, you do, but not. You yeah, still think it's a bust? Like it, it quite possibly could have been a defensive need. So they, you know, they they pulled the trigger. It's just it. I don't know. It's it's tough. You look at this team. They had a Calder winner on defense a couple years prior in Barrett Jackman. Um, I believe they had Eric Brewer by this point. Yeah. Uh, they still were holding on to the remnants of, I think... Oh, no, Al McInnes just retired. Um, but I get it. Okay, you go with the defenseman because you want a defenseman and there's no other defenseman in the draft. So, like, maybe maybe you figure you don't get another, another chance with a guy that can play. But I'm going to go this far. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I know you'll probably disagree with me. But I think... Um, if the St. Louis Blues take anybody else that went in the top five this year, I think they've got themselves a cup. Maybe you should tell the folks who went in the top uh, five. Okay, yeah. So going uh, going directly following Eric Johnson in order was uh, Jordan Stahl to the Penguins, uh, who won a cup. Uh, Jonathan Taves to the Blackhawks, who uh, won a couple cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Backstrom. Three, actually. Yeah, who uh, went to the Washington Capitals. He won a cup. He's got a cup. That's crazy. Uh, and oh, then, they all have cups. And then Phil <laughs> Kessel. Holy shit. <laughs> Who, uh, <laughs> who's that. got a couple cups? Eric Johnson does not have a cup. He does not. No, and that's not really a fault that Eric Johnson. No, like I think, like you no. said, like I think he's a fine player. I just I think that this pick hurt the franchise more when they had the opportunity to really yeah. take it to a next level with the options available. That, that's just where I'm at. My thought on it is that you know we criticize the Edmonton Oilers so many times for. Spoiler alert, we're going to get to a draft where they made a one decision where they maybe they could have made a different positional need decision. And I think the St. Louis Blues knew that there was no way they were going to get another defenseman. They saw a guy that they knew was going to be a legitimate top four defenseman in the NHL. And they took their shot on it because that was a positional need. 
And there is no disputing that Eric Johnson is a top four defenseman in the NHL when he's healthy. The problem is it's been hard for him to stay healthy over the past few years, but he is a legitimate top four bona fide, you know, yeah. one of the bigger defensemen that can still skate with the game. He's still smart, really physical. Like he's a he is a really good defenseman. Out, but, outside of Chicago, though, on this on the on that top five, I, th- I don't think any of the other teams had like they all had defensive needs, and like you're maybe they were just I'm sure. as eager to get Johnson as the Blues. Well, I'm sure everyone wanted Johnson if they if you needed a defenseman. Right. My point but, is that but, well, St. Well, Louis knew they could take advantage St. of the lead, and and I give them credit for it. Yeah, I, I give them credit for not taking Backstrom, Kessel, Taves, and Stull. As oddly as that sounds, but you know what? You know what? Like it's just something we criticize, and and I I, I agree that it, the Blues would have been a better team with any of those other four. Yeah, they but didn't, they didn't know what was coming in Petrangelo in a couple of years anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. My number five is Griffin Reinhardt. Nah, fair enough. Again, no fun. I'm thinking I'm about to spoil one for you at four though. So, okay. what's your number four? Um, number four comes from the '08 draft, uh, sixth overall to the Blue Jackets. You Nikita son of a Filikov. bitch! Son of a Bitch. Yeah, wow, this guy... He's uh, also on my list. He played 53 games. Yeah, I saw him on your list when you showed him to me the other day, and I didn't realize Filatov had only played that many games. Yeah. I thought he played like two, 300. Yeah. I guess I was mixing him up with Zherdev. No. But, yeah. Another case where, like, this is 08. This is not that long ago. Um, the options in the draft, admittedly, there's not a For lot. For a scorer, yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, like you're talking, maybe you switch it up and go for a defenseman and you miss out on like Eric Carlson or something like that. There's some good players here, but maybe nothing to the same level of, of risk. Cause I think, I think Philatov had a lot of upside and I think it was a high reward, high risk type situation. A lot of people felt that Philatov was comparable to Stamkos, but he didn't have the two way game. And this is Stamkos draft, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure I'm not confusing him. With oh yeah, he was else, but... he was the next forward taken after Stamkos. Yeah, exactly. So... And it, it, look, look, this is a great. This is opposite of the Johnson draft. This is a fantastic draft for defensemen. Um, just after that pick, because uh, I, I got to make my points with this too. Because like I said, he's on my list. I don't want to talk about it in another minute. Uh, Josh Bailey at nine, Tyler Myers at twelve, Eric Carlson at fifteen, and Jake Gardner at seventeen. So I mean. <laughs> Fuck. It's hilarious to think about they might have been better off to put Gardner back to forward where he played going into his draft year. Um, <laughs> just played him at forward. Yeah. He might have been better. Yeah, but yeah, like just with how recent it was, I like again, the Blue Jackets, they could have used a pick like mm. that like now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if that had, had have happened, they would have had a guy that was developed by this point, like, God, they're probably blue like imagine a, their blue line with another defenseman or a top six guy. Like if if you want to go God. off the board with with someone else on forward, even it, it's tough. But you could have landed somebody. Uh, even Josh Bailey helps, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what are we at four? Yes. All right, fine. Time to spoil one for you. It's about time. My number four is uh, from the two thousand draft. Uh, the first overall pick, goaltender Rick DiPietro. Um, if you're not familiar with Rick DiPietro, which I can't imagine you're this far into a hockey podcast and don't know, but Rick DiPietro played 319 games, um, a 902 save percentage and a 287 goals against average on his career. He played from 2000 to 2013. It's worth noting he only played 50 games from 2008 to 2013. His career was derailed by injuries. And he's still on the books for the Avengers. Oh, for a long time still. Uh, what makes the pick look so bad for me 
is the contract that came with it. And it's not DiPietro's fault um, that he gets criticized as much as he does. Look, he was too athletic to play in net. And you're never going to really hear that too often. But he was a freakish athlete that hurt himself because he was too good of an athlete and would just move too much in the net and fucking pull something. and You know what I mean? Like It was, it was just a weird, weird combination for him. Um, he signed a 15-year deal worth, I believe, 60 million, that doesn't seem right, 62.5 million, something like that, um, because they bought it out at a certain point, he is on the books until 2030, like, this is a terrible, terrible contract, um, it's the worst contract, in my opinion, in the history of the NHL, and, uh, he just never was a bona fide number one goaltender, he had one really solid year right before he started getting hurt, uh, ironically, I think it was the year before or after they signed the contract, but it was right around then. Um, he's a bust. Like, there's just no way around it. I mean, he played a lot of games. He got a lot of starts. He never really had, no one really had a lot of confidence in him. It was right before he started getting hurt. People are like, oh, maybe Di Pietro's going to turn out. He was like 25 by that point. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of already questionable. Um... For me, it's a career that clear, clearly was derailed. And for what it's worth, uh, second overall was Danny Heatley. And third overall was Marion Gabrick, both of which forged uh, really good NHL careers. Yeah, uh, I have him second on my list. Uh, there are two goalies that uh, have played more games than DiPietro that taken from this draft. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess them. You'll, please. Pekka Rene. No. Fuck, I thought he was like 200 and... 30,000th in that draft or something. No, and, sure. uh... Ah, fuck, I don't know. Al Montoya. Uh, I Ilya, know it's not that Ilya Brezgalov nice. uh, was a second-round pick uh, who played a few more games uh, good than, than DiPietro. Uh, going in the sixth round, however, was a guy that's coming up on 900 career games in his career. Uh, he's got a gold medal. The Stanley Cup eludes him, but uh, Henrik Lundqvist to the uh, division rival New York Rangers late. Look, uh, the other thing that I don't love about this pick was the fact that they had to trade away Roberto Luongo yeah. to get it. See, that's my thing, right? Is is like I'll give the Islanders a little bit of benefit of the doubt in the sense that this was back in an era where teams you know, goaltending was a huge thing, but teams thought they could just look at a guy in, you know what I mean? In like 18, a tryout yeah. for like a month, and they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's a good fucking goalie." Like they thought it was just a tangible thing, like you're good or you're not. It's not really the case now. We know it's more of like how you develop them, what kind of system you play them in, things like that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give them credit. Like it was in an era where a freakish athlete at number one overall, like it, the pick at the time, sort of makes sense. It, but you're right. It, it turned out horribly, and you had to move a guy that is a guaranteed Hall of Fame goaltender to do it. So. Right. Yeah, it's tough. What's your number three, man? Uh, my number three, uh, I know that you don't agree with. Uh, oh, I'm just, God. I'm just going to pull it up here. Uh, Braden Coburn. I'm not even going to debate you on it. I'm just going to say I flat out don't work because he's going to play a 1,000 games in the league. But um, you can explain he, why you think. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? He might play a 1,000 games. I think he will. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, 003... Uh, eighth overall, Braden Coburn. Um, you look at a couple of the defensemen taken around him. Dion Phaneuf. Um, who's the other guy? Oh, I lost him. 
Brent Burns even, who wasn't playing defense at the time, but he uh, he is now. Brent Seabrook was the other one. What year is Coburn? He's uh, 03. 03? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good draft. I'm going to get to that later. Yeah. Um, I, I, I Look, I'll, I'll be frank. Uh, the Thrashers had a to couple ha- had a couple really good pieces up front. Um, they were going to trade one of them, Danny Heatley, but they got Marion Hosa back, who was who was fine for them. If they had maybe a stud on defense, like I'm not saying Braden Coburn's not serviceable, like it's the same kind of argument with Good Branson, I feel, and and you know some of these other guys on our list where they're they're, yeah, they're fine, but if you had a stud back there. Maybe Atlanta's still in Atlanta. Like, uh, look, I don't want to get crazy, but they had one playoff appearance where they got swept. And if they could have added a defensive piece to the heart of, like, Kovalchuk's prime and Hosa's prime, if they get a couple good runs out of that and some, some fan base, because I think that was the biggest problem with Atlanta. Like, no one, no one cared if the team stayed or went, and the ownership clearly knew that, and then they made a move when they had the opportunity and sold them and got them the hell out of town as quickly as possible. But if you had a, a real fan base, people actually cared about this team and came out to the games, and some you know revenue could have start accumulating. I don't know. There's, I think there might be some sort of argument there. And I, they, don't get me wrong, this is a, a franchise that has not drafted well at this time either. They they busted out hard with. Um, I'll agree with you there. Stefan and nine and nine. I don't agree with much of what you're saying, but I agree with you there. Yeah, I'll give uh, you that. They got they got Heatley, Kovalchuk, and Hosa to some degree, and and they really you know couldn't find a way to make it work. So. Yeah. My issue with your argument is, I think, uh, Braden Cope, well, I don't think, he was at a time in a similar class to what Eric Brewer was at one point. A lot of people looked at Braden Coburn as just a big, solid shutdown defenseman, similar to Brewer, similar to how we look at Eric Johnson now. Um, this is a guy that could play in your top four in an era where having a big guy like that was a big difference maker. He couldn't score a ton of points. I think his career high was 36, or he might have hit 40 or something one year, but... Um, he also took a while to get going. Yeah, that's another, I mean, a lockout, right? But, I mean, what was his rookie year? It was a year oh, after the lockout, six. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So and then it took the next year, year, he only played half a year. The year after that, less. Like, by the time he got traded to Philly, like, yeah. Atlanta had given him some shots. Well, again, I'll go back it. to what you said earlier, too, though. It You know, it's not... Atlanta might have fucked him up a little bit, and that might be part yeah. of what makes him a bad Put pick. Put too much on him too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Too, too too much. He could fucking he could play a ten year old out in Atlanta. No one would know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Whatever. It's 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 your opinion. Uh, I uh, Nikita Filatov is my third. What's your second? <laughs> uh, Deep Pietro. Okay. My number two. Probably my number one. It is nice. Wow, so we're just going to breeze through the end of this list. This yeah. is nice. Actually, my number one is a player you don't have, so I'll, I'll ramble on about that at the end. Uh, Neil Yakupov is my number two. James is number one. Uh, would have been our consensus number one had we combined our list. Um, first overall in 2012, if you haven't heard of him, uh, he played 350 games in the league, uh, accumulating 136 points for Edmonton, St. Louis, and Colorado from 2012 to 2018. He is now playing in the KHL. One thing I will say about Neil Yakupov is I'm not going to rule out that him maybe coming back one day. Uh, I don't think it's going to result in him being a prolific scorer, though. I'll say that much. Um, drafted second overall, we're directly behind him is current top four defenseman Ryan Murray, and drafted third overall is technically top line center. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk, um, not a good pick. Look, um, 
they picked the wrong Sarnia Sting. It just uh, that's as simple wrong as I can. Wrong kid died. It. Yeah, um, the kid had great junior numbers. Wrong kid died. It wasn't going to be a great draft to begin with. Like, like no, the names are fine. Everybody knew that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's no, nothing but exciting. Somehow, nothing sexy. At, at some point, someone got the two guys on Sarnia mixed up and thought that the guy with the Russian last name, who's actually American, was worse than the Russian guy who's actually Russian. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of Yakupov's success in junior had to do with playing with Galchenyuk for three seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, same, similar similar argument could have been made with Druen and um, uh, McKinnon back in Halifax. Mind you, Druen's kind of coming to his own now. He's found, he's found a place. But yeah, there was no, there was a, no McKinnon. But I get it. Yeah, yeah there was there, there was, was a time there where yeah, you know you thought far. maybe he wasn't going to be a third overall pick. Uh, but there was also a time where people argued maybe he could be better than McKinnon. Which too. is actually hilarious to yeah, think about now because McKinnon is fucking ridiculous. So yeah, I don't know some inflated numbers. Uh, I don't, like you look at the defenseman on this list aside from Griffin Reinhardt, who the Oilers yeah. got anyway, um, <laughs> and the Oilers really miss out on a chance to put something behind um, some of their elite forwards. Yeah, I would argue they should have taken Ryan Murray, and I thought that at the time. I didn't really understand the Yakupov pick. Everyone said, "Well, you just take the best player available," which I agree with most of the time, but. Uh, just because it's first overall doesn't mean you have to take the best player overall. And I'm again, like I'm just gonna go back to what I said about Eric Johnson. You needed a defenseman, and Ryan Murray is a again not a sexy pick. Uh, you know what I mean? Like no, I, I can't imagine there's a ton of Ryan Murray jerseys in Columbus. He's a solid top four defenseman who's fairly smart, skates pretty well. Um, you know, again, he's not amazing, but he, he would help the Oilers right now. And arguably would be one of their best defensemen. Like, they would kill to have Ryan Murray right now. Or Morgan Riley. Or, oh my god. Could you imagine, not even, forget even Riley. Could you imagine how big of a difference at ninth overall Jacob Truba would make with this Edmonton Oilers team right now? Yeah. People would be, be fucking, there would be billboards of him all over town. People would be nominating him for the Norris. I like that Matheson billboard. guy that writes for in, in Edmonton. Yeah. So your number one was also Nail Yakupov. Yep. Uh, my number one, as I continue to drone on here, my number one biggest draft of all time, or sorry, not of all time, of two uh, since 2000, but he'd be up there for all time too. Uh, drafted 12th overall in 2003 by the New York Rangers in what I would argue is probably the best first round uh, in the modern era is Hugh Jessamine, or Huge Specimen was his nickname at the time. He's about 6 feet 6, uh, 240. 45 pounds of just behemoth. Um, now you're probably wondering, um, who went after Hugh Jessamine? Because I'm, I'm going to save his career numbers for last because there's not much to report. Uh, Dustin Brown went directly behind him. Uh, Stanley Cup winner as a captain. He's going to play a thousand games, I would think. I don't know how many games he's at now, but he's had a long, Who's this? successful career. Dustin Brown. He's never really even hurt. Didn't he just he's, play a thousand he's, games? He's over a thousand. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Zach Parise at 17. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff at 19, who is uh, an arguable Hall of Famer, I would argue. And uh, Brent Burns at number 20, who is a uh, Norris Trophy winning defenseman. He was drafted as a forward. So, I mean, you could have done a lot of things there. Hugh Jessamine played two games in the National Hockey League in 2010. Not for the team that picked and him he, Yeah, they were for the Florida Panthers. Um, he didn't record a point in either of those games, I should add. Had a fight. 
listen, the reason I think that he's the biggest bust because there have been guys that have played, or sorry, have been drafted in the first round that maybe didn't turn out and didn't play a lot even. The problem for me is that this happens in such an amazing draft where, like, the next worst player after him in terms of games played is what? Like, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like fucking Robert Nelson or something like that. Yep. Literally, they, that's the next guy? Yep. Or no, it's Sean, didn't Sean Bell go in that draft? He did, but Robert Nelson was next. Oh, really? Yeah. How many games did Sean Bell play? Dog. Over. Oh. Well, he only played 20. But oh, okay. Like, yeah, so Nelson Sean... was bad. Well, Nelson, Nelson played in the league, but anyway, uh, so regardless, you're talking about guys that made a career in the NHL, at least, and made some money and like played some games and had a cup of coffee, at least. Yeah. Hugh Jessamine was a story for three days. He got called up by the Florida Panthers, I remember it. Everyone's like, oh, huge, huge specimen, finally made it. And then, like, I don't even remember him getting sent down. He just kind of disappeared. So, I, I don't know. To me, great draft, bad player. That's fair. Yep. It was a good draft. Okay. There's your top ten. Top ten. Top uh, ten. Thank you to Aaron Petch for uh, doing the interview with us uh, Thank this you, week. Thank yeah, you for coming on. Um, not anticipating a guest next week, but we will have some over the holiday season. We'll be, we will be back next week, as per usual, on the Friday. Things could get a little interesting uh, come the holiday season. You may see something a little bit early, a little bit late. Uh, we'll see. We're hoping to continue to have uh, an episode each of the kind of two weeks over the Christmas break-ish time. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, we're not getting paid for this, people. We don't make promises. No promises. The podcast can end tomorrow. Fuck, you You got to make a resolution in 2019 to stop sucking the podcast down with your sadness. I'm a realist. Is it? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. People got to wake up. I'm the news. Look at me. I am the captain now. Just keep your self-driving cars away from me. We'll be oh, fine. Oh, God. All right. Anything you want to plug? No. I actually don't have anything yet, but I, I might in the future. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. Plug. You're plug good? You. Yeah, no, I'm Ooh, I'm, I'm, wow. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Sexy. Okay. <laughs> All right. See you later.